Hello and welcome to MiceCast with your hosts Greg, Mike, and Shaft. That's that's me. And how long's it been? How long have you been back from Florida? Uh, well, three weeks, I guess now. So that's how long it's been since we talked. You know, you know, it's actually it's been almost a month because it was like July twenty fourth or twenty fifth when I was talking. So it's been about a month now since we talked. Does that show even went up yet? Because I wanted to hear Richard's you know, convoluted reason for having to go to it, Palm Springs. It is there. If you know the address, you can grab it. I have, keep forgetting to get around. No, I was going to say I've been checking the iTunes feed. No, no, it's not. A, it's not on the feed. If you and just, I've been checking the MiceCast list, and it's still not in there. No, fine. Can we it's do that live there. too? I can do that live right now if you'd like. Okay. Do whatever you got to do, man. Well, well, here while Greg's here. I'll explain once again. No, why no, we no. Went. no, no, I, no, I, I, no, no. We don't need wants, it again. <laughs> nobody wants that. And I'm sure, no matter what you say, I will not change my mind to how asinine it probably was, and I haven't, no, haven't no, even no. heard it yet. Don't. I can say it in two sentences. One, no. it was cheaper. Two, my in-laws live out there. Uh, you still haven't convinced me. I'll listen to it and then I'll get back to you. <laughs> All right. See how easy that is. Hey, I said it as simple as I can. It was cheaper. I doubt it. Um, we could go into some math, but that might spin your head, so let's not go there. All right, so uh, let's just catch it. While you're doing what you're doing, I'll read some email, catch up on some of that, and see where all this goes. Okay. Uh, you should have had this. Richard should have got this if he ever checks his mail, but that I'm not too sure hey, of. My, my computer's been down all summer, so. <laughs> Jesus Christ. How do, how do you live in this day and age? <laughs> A computer that's Tell not- me about it. Tell me about it. Oh, what, weren't you carrying something around with you that looked like a portable-type computer? You're talking about my droid. Yes, I have the droid. No, I, I, was, I wasn't talking about the droid. Did you not bring a bag with you that had a mobile computer in it? No, the bag that you so noticed was uh, my gadget bag that carries all my uh, film shooting equipment, like eyepieces, the uh, headset, my gloves. And then uh, we were planning on using that today while we were recording MiceCast? Or you just, you just feel empty without it. It had the headsets in that I'm wearing right now. Oh, gotcha. Okay. All right. So on to Gee, a... Uh, not like the first time I've ever carried this into the studio here. I carry, you know, I've got the, my earpiece in here, and usually I'll have the, uh, the other headset in there. I didn't have that in here tonight. All right. All right. We got one from Bobby R., and he writes, Hey... I wanted to chime in on the drink refill topic. In Florida, they fed us in line that Disney, well, Disney World, set standards on food safety about the state's rules. By receiving anything from back over the counter, it was a food safety handling thing. Getting refills, self-service of drinks, I know of, are basically the hotels and Epcot's electric umbrella. Also, I thought I'd pass along some videos from Adobe's booth at NAB 2010. Now, I... So basically, because we were talking about it was a, I think it was a drag that uh, French market you could no longer do refills. We were thinking there were more of them in Florida. And as he as he wrote this email, I'm thinking, yeah, you know, I think he might be right. There are, may not be as many refill stations as I was thinking. Though at the water parks you can refill, but you have to buy their special mug mug because they're barcoded. Uh, okay, so we don't need to spend a lot of time on that. That's what? we've. 
we've read it. Well, we can... it's it's, oh. it's nice to know because I didn't did not know at the time that I could have brought the mugs into Electric Umbrella, which that would have been. No, no, you can't bring no, the no, mugs no, no, Electric no, no. Umbrella. They're just saying that the Electric Umbrella is a location that has a self-service refill place. Oh, oh, I understand. I understand. No, don't be like all the other poor white trash I see carrying around the mugs from three, four, five years ago and trying to use them everywhere they can. <laughs> that's, that that has a fountain that they can stick it in front of. Um, no, okay. So not that bad. I, I actually bought. We we talked about bringing our old mugs with us, but we said the heck with it. It's not that big a deal. We'll just buy new mugs. Yeah, okay. no. At twelve bucks a whack, that's fifty bucks for a family. That's a lot of money. And and and, and you're not spending a lot of money to begin with. I am, but yeah. you know. Oh well. Fifty bucks is fifty bucks. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if we don't, if you don't do a lot of drinking in the parks, it, I, it, and you, you know, spend some times at the hotels, I guess it could pay off. I've always got one, and I do notice because uh, you know when I, I've gone a lot for Mouse Fest or Fat and Happy, it's just me. So you know, you buy these things, then you go back with the family, and you're like, crap, that's that's times four or five now. You know, and it's like, no, no wait, maybe we don't want to do that this time. Or we just need one. Yeah, oh, sure. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I'm not going to read this one about paintball because, you know... Yeah. What? <laughs> well, yeah, I will. I'll go back. Okay, hey, guys. This is from Sean out of Arizona. Uh, works for one of the uh, uh, Disney affiliates, uh, ABC 15. Well, maybe I shouldn't say exactly where he's at. Works at a TV station. Works at a TV station. I got bored at work, so I decided to listen to some old MiceCast episodes to pass the time. Well, we thank you for that. I listened to show number 74 from several years ago, and I can still find things that I have in common with all of you. Paintball. So let's add to the list. Disneyland Fanatic. Disneyland is superior to the Magic Kingdom mentally. That's right. Right wing agenda. <laughs> Barack Obama sucks mentally. Mentality. Come on. Oh, I'm sorry. Mentality. Sorry. Um videography oh, wow. and paintball here's a link to a video i shot last year at a pro paintball tournament here in arizona while filming on the sidelines i got hit once in the head by one of the balls don't worry that one bounced off the ground first uh, yeah it can be dangerous watching sometimes i'm actually surprised if he's in close proximity they didn't have them wearing uh some kind of uh, eye protection yeah all right so that goes in the answered mail all right here's one from shimmy not sure, Shimmy. What kind of a name is Shimmy? Shimmy. What's the, the date of that one? Did I get this that, one? That no, you did not. All right. Uh, this is one of the ones that is going to pick on me. So, hi, Greg. Love the show, and I've been listening for a good while. I do feel you having lost your job, and you wish the best. Let's see, wait. I do feel for you ha- having lost your job and wish the best, but I fear that might be affecting your presence on the program. For the past year, you have been sounding like a very nasty, insulting bully in regards to your co-host. It is really hard to listen to someone shitting on other persons the way you do. <laughs> your aggressiveness does not come across in a lovely, lovingly bossy way, say the way other lead hosts jokingly rough up. Their sidekicks like, say, Howard Stern or Simon from Idol. You come across as a bullying abuser who puts down everyone else but refuses to acknowledge his own mistakes. This does not happen on your other show, as there is no one else for you to insult or abuse, and that show is quite listenable, as you have a good, thoughtful mind. I will continue to listen to you and your host have one of the top podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. I will continue to listen to you and your host have one of the top podcasts on the subject, and you 
should have uh, God, I can't read tonight. And you should have shown to be a good listener of the program. And above mentioned complaints is the only one. Is the only one this listener has about MiceCast. Okay, so I'm just too mean to everybody. All right. Well, I, I, yeah, we I all know say, that though. Yeah. Well, I gotta uh, say, you got you haven't obviously haven't listened to too many back prior to that because he's just as mean and nasty before. You know, when, yeah, when, when he was working. Job too, yeah. In <laughs> fact, he was, just, he was just mean and nasty back then, and but he had something else to say. So that's the only difference. I guess it's, you know, how you take mean and nasty. But anyways, all right. So <laughs> this is from Scott from Zionville. Evening, guys. It's been quite some time since I wrote you, and I thought I'd give some compliments regarding how much I've been enjoying the show lately. I'm not just giving Shaft love. Yeah, I think he is. But I think he has been a great addition to the show. The three of you make a great team, and I have a great time listening to your banter. I just finished listening to Mailbag number 12 and wanted to give you a few comments. Now, how old is Mailbag 12? Anybody know? Oh, that's the last show that was released. It's up on the MiceCast set. It's oh, okay. late. Right. I'll start with the emailer who complained about Greg being an asshole. <laughs> Oh, we have a theme. I, That's going to be our theme. Yeah, there is. A, there is a, so the title of the show, Greg Asshole. Um, I have one question for him. Have you just started listening? <laughs> See, that's what I said. That's exactly what you said. <laughs> to me, Greg has pretty much the same since show one, and his attitude is part of the charm of the show. Never heard that kind of a you know charm and attitude put together quite so eloquently. Uh, so, and you never will. <laughs> also, please keep talking about anything you like. I don't mind hearing about Lost, Universal, or flight patterns over Anaheim, or Navy <laughs> Army stories, or Na- Navy Air Force stories. Variety is just the spice of life. If this emailer is looking for a podcast specific to Disney parks that is all rainbows and unicorns, I think Lou or Ricky may have some <laughs> options. <laughs> Okay, thank you. I try not to complain, but I do have a slight issue with the naming of the mailbag show. How could you have missed naming it? I'm not hearing half of what you fuckers are saying. Or at a bare minimum, it could have been titled 140 in the end. I was listening to the segment where Greg is cutting in and out while moving mowing mowing the lawn. And this, this is what caught me off guard when I read this earlier. I've never done the show while mowing the lawn, so I'm not really sure. No, no, he was mowing the lawn while listening to the show. Uh, wow. Oh, okay, sorry, I read it the other way. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, tonight's mailbag is Greg's dyslexia night. He can't read anything. To that's okay. Yeah, yeah, and that's what's funny, because I was worried about the first time I had to read from a teleprompter at school, and it was like I've been doing it for 100 years. I get here and I read a static thing here on mail that's not moving. That you've read I'm before. Lost, that I've read yeah. before, and I'm lost. Um, and lawn and was in tears laughing that was classic stuff greg were refusing to believe that the problem was on his end while blaming mike was great one last thing are the live stream shows for invite only i saw mike post on facebook that he was attempting a live feed from the park a few weeks ago but the technology gremlins didn't allow the broadcast even though i'm on eastern time zone in flyover country i may be able to tune in once in a while would be enjoying adding some comments in real time Thank you for all you do, and please keep up the great work. Scott from Zionville. So, yes, that was a good email. Yeah, I got to admit, the uh, Techno Gremlins, uh, I went to go watch Mike, and I still see the 40 seconds that got on the air. If that. Yeah. Well, here's, here's, here's the one that really got to it. 
<clears throat> I was listening to all sorts of Disney, re- right. or I enjoy listening to all sorts of Disney re- related podcasts. I want to be able to enjoy your podcast too. However, please watch the salty language. It really turns me off from listening. This may not make any difference to you, but I thought I'd mention it. Thanks. Now, let me put this into context. This came in at 10.40 a.m. On? And, uh, well, don't yeah, worry like about weekday, it. Yeah, weekday, though. Okay, weekday. At, uh, okay, so 10.40 <laughs> yes. at 11.06, <laughs> you guys are very unprofessional and boring. <laughs> yes, you are unable to edit your podcast. And then at... Uh, 3.36 p.m. Well, I don't remember. Oh, okay. Sorry. So, I, I went back and I answered. I sent her a mail, too. What'd you, oh, would you well, say? I, I, I said that uh, we aren't always as salty, and I'm usually the salty one. I also gave her my other unsalty podcast, you know, good plug, just in case you didn't know about it. Asked her how long she'd been listening, what show it was. Uh, you know, it's not always salty, but occasionally there's some stuff there. But our unedited thing is kind of our shtick it's it's live it's raw that's kind of our thing and she seemed to accept that um uh she basically she says i don't remember which cast it was it was recent Uh, you guys just went on and on about your equipment not working or how bummed out the guy who went bowling was oh and the language was just too salty for me at the beginning of the cast thanks for writing back i don't want you guys to change who you are it's just just not for me other casts are more my taste and then I wrote her once again, and um, she came back with liking the uh, Disneyland versus Disney World info. So there, there's a lot that um, she enjoyed, and she had some relatives that might be wanting to come to Disneyland and work. I just had a feeling, you know, that, yeah, our, our occasional salty language was just too much for her, but she was trying to give it a shot. So I, I'm not really sure where she was at this point, because I haven't heard back if she is going to give it another try. I, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, well, I had sent her uh, probably the same time you did. My my comments was, you know, most people who have problems with our show really don't even write us, so thanks, you know. Thank, thank, I thank you for that. That's uh, a good angle to go, because, yeah, it's true. We, 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 we don't hear as much negative as we do positive. So, you know, if there is more negative, we just don't know about it. So then I pointed out that, you know, the language has come up multiple times, and every, and every time we bring it up on the air we get comments saying no don't take away the cursing right so i told her so we're not going to stop we're not going to stop doing that right well we're not we're not purposely cursing to curse because it would be like watching signs some people don't curse well like shaft when he when he tries to curse then it sounds forced so we really got to work him up to get him to curse yeah you know uh, and then you get accused of being an asshole because you know you, exactly. you, you you're mean to him to get him. I'm angry. not mean to him. I'm honest. There's no, no. I'm just saying that, no, no, that no, that's no, how it you, sounds. You do like you do not like you do like needling. Oh, yeah, I enjoy needling button, because yeah. that gets the best out of people. Okay. So anyway, I told her. So I'm glad you tri- <laughs> gave our show a try. I understand we're not for everybody. I said, have you tried Inside the Magic? <laughs> Window to the Magic or WDW Radio? You know, and all three of those guys work hard to keep their shows clean. Thank you very much. And she responded uh, saying that you'd also had and that I'm looking for interesting contact that's not necessarily sugar plums and pixie dust, but has some substance, right? So she talked about the one I listened to, someone's bowling was down. So uh, she goes, perhaps a little editing would help. <laughs> so that I goes away from our, our routine. So I, well, I, not necessarily. We have edited it in the past, but. Yeah, oh my gosh. Our first show, our first live in the park, it was three and a half hours of content. I, not, I you know, I had to. We, Whittle let's, down let's, to an hour and a half. Let's be honest. Mike's not much for 
post production. Jeez, if if there not was that a, much, not, not the as, show wouldn't exist if I had to yeah, do that. Yeah, not his thing. Um, so okay, enough. Move on. So all right. Uh, so I just suggested three more shows, and then that was the last I'd heard of her from her okay. as well. All right, I got another one here. Looks like Mike, you also got it again from Sean in Arizona. Uh, oh. Greg, why do you hate Al Lutz? I'm not defending him or anything. I just want to know what it is you don't like about him. I only found out his web. See, I only found his website for the first time today, and it seemed pretty informative. Excuse me, am I missing something? Give me your inside scoop so I know why to refer to him as Al Putz on my cast, or why you referred. Now I wrote him back saying what I. I'm not going to repeat it on air. Well, I'm just going to keep it as outlets, and we don't always see eye to eye in the way Al does things. Um, and a lot of his followers followers are like a cult. Now, somebody asked me. I, I, this week, I've been going to this thing called Experience Unlimited. Uh, it's with the One Stop Center in Irvine. It's for professionals, and you you know you get help on um, writing resumes, interviewing. There's mock interviews, but to get it's like a hazing for a week to get to be able to join the club you've got to go through a week of all this garbage and you know on the flip side for every day I thought I'd not learn anything but I would pick one or two morsels out but in general a lot of it's raw raw stuff because one of my first questions would be because you know I have to volunteer now four hours a week either teaching uh, whatever there's somehow you got to give time back okay that's fine so somebody's telling me how to change my resume and rewrite it. My first question is, well, do you use this resume? Yes, I do. How long have you been out of work? Uh, about 15 months. So is it working for you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, quite honestly, because, you know, they're wanting me to change the way I write my resume. And I'd already been through a bunch of these things working up to this and having the resume reviewed that I'm thinking, why am I changing it yet again? Uh, so, you know. But, you know, I did bring one or two things uh, well, out of it. If I can throw in the whole reason why I haven't cared too much for uh, uh, Lutz and a lot of the stuff is, he is very informative. He does get a lot of information. We've talked about it, and we've even used some of his material when we were uh, trying to find out something on our own. Um, the problem I have with Al is that he... A lot of times we've talked about it before where something that we knew was coming down the line and it came from where he suddenly takes claim that oh well we were the ones that did it that, that's because we did this we pushed this we pushed that and the other thing is that um, he had some of the contributors that help him with it they like finding that their whole aspect on Disney is finding the fault on something that they don't agree with to where that's all they talk about and on our particular show, we have said time, m many occasions, we don't like something, we don't necessarily agree with it, but it is what it is, and that's what the company's doing. And it's not our, it's, you know, we as consumers can say yay or nay and enjoy it with our dollar, but when push comes to shove, it's not our decision on how the company is to be run. Right, well, they, they kind of live in the past. But here's where I was going, why I went to the school thing, or the, the Experience Unlimited. Uh, one of the people we had the first first or second day she kept mentioning tony roberts name you know and i, I was probably rolling my eyes yeah. and, and she goes and she asked a general question to the whole crowd and it's like eight of us in there is tony roberts do you think tony roberts is a cult and some of the people snickered and i said no he's not the people who follow him are <laughs> it's a fine line right jim jones himself wasn't a cult 
it's the people he convinced to give them all his money and follow him blindly. They yeah. were the the cult. Uh, the and, I, yeah. and, and I do think I think do think Tony Roberts thinks he's probably doing good, and for a small percentage, he does well. But uh, to me, it's more more like that movie, Yes Man. And towards the end, the guy admits it's all bunch of bullshit you know you yeah. have to make out of your life what you make out of your life and if some of this helps you and guides you that's fine uh, but uh, in, in general um, a lot of the stuff's just raw raw you know I'm looking at our uh, notes coming up here comment here about Kevin Yee there's a we were over my wife and I were at Barnes and Noble this last week and she just came across a book that was over in the travel section and lo and behold it's a book that's written by Kevin Yee open to the first page and I cannot remember what the story was but it was so off base it wasn't it was one like one of the stories that we talked about in um, behind the what is it behind the magic kingdom the uh, one by Koenig that uh, there's a couple stories we're very familiar with that obviously did not get the whole story on a lot of different things there all right well but Kevin he's a cast member used to be well true yeah, but, but some of the, the stories. One, I can't, I'm trying to remember what the story. Well, was. I, okay, but they're all French market specific stories. No, no. He he eventually moved on beyond the French market. Went and worked in Florida, I think, for a short bit. I think he worked in Florida for a short bit of time. But regardless, he even at Disneyland, he went from the French market to like show services or uh, something like that. So he he had more than just the fast food experience or the, you know medium dining experience, whatever you want to call it. Um, but again, you know, it's, he seems like someone who had an angst for security when you, when you read his stories and the way he portrayed did he rip- security or authority, I, I'm going to just say authority. I think Kevin, he's got authority. Did he rip on you guys a lot or what? Uh, it, it wasn't so much that he ripped on security. It's the way he did it. Just like the way Al Lutz does it. Al Lutz seems to have an authority issue. And it comes across in the way he thinks of management. Or he's got management issues. Maybe he's always been a union hack. I don't know. But, he, could, you know, what, what that, Richard? I was going to say that could be because it, he always seems to like somebody until they get into a specific point of management. Then he just, I mean, the first I, of course, noticed it was with, uh, oh, who was our president way back when that I've talked about? Uh, All right. Pressler. Uh, Pressler. The first was, was he was always just, dragging Pressler through the mud and everything. Oh, but this, but uh, Cynthia Harris is so wonderful and everything. Then when Cynthia became the president, suddenly Cynthia was horrible and all this. And then, you know, even um, Ed Greer, well, he, this is new blood, new type, and, and then he starts dragging through that. It's just, you know, I think you're right, Greg. I think you hit it that he just has an authority problem on there. Yeah, it, it does seem like that, or someone who always thinks he can do it better. And, you know, I, I I know that I've been there sometimes, and then you get in that position and you start realizing, well, it's not as easy as it, as it you know, looks or sounds. But uh, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think uh, both Lutz and um, Ye seem to have some kind of issue with authority. You know, and I have no idea what they really do in their life now, or maybe there are people who are frustrated, like, like we always joke around that film critics are frustrated movie makers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, but that's not necessarily true because there are some critics who never intended to be uh, filmmakers, but for some reason, they writing worked well for them and they love movies and, you know, they tell you what they think, but, you know. 
I don't know. Okay, you know, here, here's a. Owlets has a source, and that source is fairly high. Has no, high access, actually, right? Actually, I, I think I know who it is based on some information I just can't talk about. Okay. And they're the way I'm getting it is they're trying to shut it down, and we'll see in the long term um, if he's able to find other information from other places. Hey, you know, uh, I think it was Spence who just um, – yes, it was Spence. Yeah, I cl- I'm clicking believe, the link. I can't believe we didn't talk about this. Uh we can't wear our hebobs at uh, Disneyland anymore. What's the deal with uh, hijab? Hijab, hebob, whatever. <laughs> Which uh, isn't true. Don't, don't shut. Oh, okay. Richard says it's not true. So what? I know of a number of cast members that wear them. Well, in, in what locations, though? On stage? No, they tend to be uh, office people. Uh, there's a person that works over in the. Uh, uh, what is it? The. Uh, the team center. Okay, so this it's not an apple to apples comparison. It would be an apple to orange, which is a oh, fra- what, what what is that? A crapple? A crapple? When you is what, what, a, what's the what's the apple orange combination? Uh, or apple? Apple or apple orange? The funny thing, it was just on Psych the other night, and they were joking around and. Yeah that came up but that's not a fair comparison Richard because on stage is much different than off stage but let's take a look at the entire story here is that let's let's do okay so the question is is that there there's a news story that's out and it's be quite honest the news really isn't covering it so much because it are you are you kidding no she got she was on the tv more than on tv on 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 abc and ktla and it was. Uh, it's on the like the page four article in the back of the local section of the register. It's all over talk radio. It's not getting any cover. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. hey, don't worry. Let's, it's not. Let's, let's, let's take a look at the realities of it. She's worked for the company for over two years, and the subject has never, ever, ever come up. Suddenly, she wants. She suddenly, without saying anything, she just starts wearing it. But take a look at where she works. And who she's working with, and which union she's a part of. Key phrase: which union she's a part of. She's with. Hey, uh, I don't think anybody's denying here that she's trying to pull a fast one, but um, because this came up in Florida with a uh, Indian Sikh guy who wanted to right. wear his Where turban. The, uh, probably wasn't the turban. It was the. Uh, they traditionally have a ceremonial type knife or blade that they carry with no, them. No, 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 no. It was a turban. It was his head thing to cover all the hair they never cut. Okay. Right. And it was, and I think he, I don't know if he was a character where it was usually covered up and then he was going to be, excuse me, a character escort or something. They wouldn't let him wear it. But yes, we know that this woman has worked for the park for a while. It has never come up. She all of a sudden wants to wear it and they've told her no that they would make her one that would fit into the theme and this is what I've heard on talk radio at least and they still haven't come up with that one yet and she's even though she was told no she can't wear it she came back and wore it again like two I heard four days in a row and they finally said you're going home you were were not you you can't wear it on stage it's like she's pushing it's like did she all of a sudden you know come back to her Muslim faith that she hasn't been following or is it Ramadan so she decided to wear it through Ramadan but what about last year's Ramadan none of the above the whole thing is she is a member of Unite Here Local 11 out of Long Beach 
that is the union that has been having all these problems with the last couple of years over at Disneyland. They've been staging all their, their little protests. This is just another little, uh, uh, you know, staged thing that they're pulling, you know, trying to say, well, Disney's not diverse. Disney doesn't want to do this. But they've been doing this. They've been run, running without a contract. I'm trying to remember how long it's been. I, I want to say it's been about four or five years they've been without a contract because the union refuses to work with Disney on getting a contract signed. Every time well, Disney does something, they tr they change their minds on something with the contract. And, and you're making a um, you're making a leap of faith. You're you're not what, holding the, the, any the, journalistic the, uh, integrity no, here. You no, know, we're there, not journalists. There, there, are, there are there are certain there are certain things that you have to that, that are facts. It was to such a bad extent that a number of years ago, all the members that were of HERE. Um, unite here. I keep on. I used to be a part of this union. I used to be a part of this local. Um, back when it was 680, was local 681 before it became local 11. Um, the members that work in the two parks, California Adventure and Disneyland, were so outraged by the way the union was handling the budgets, they were trying to. What is it called? They were trying to uh, get rid of the union. In fact, they were talking to the same. Okay, okay, this has nothing to do with this story. So let's oh, get yes, back to this. No, story. no, no. Wait, wait, Greg. You got to hear it out, Your Honor, before you can say it's not. Okay, parts. I've heard. I've heard this story from you before. That's why. No, I no, you haven't. Me. So they they uh, try. They were talking to the same people we had that helped set up the uh, union we were with, and Unite here came. The National came to them. Well, if you have your own local, uh, would you stay with us? And they said, Yeah, as long as we don't have to deal with them anymore. So Local 50 was formed, and that, uh, and they quickly signed a contract, but Local 11 hasn't signed a contract, and they keep playing all these little games and everything. They'll come out and have a march with megaphones at 6, at five, at six in the morning, uh, yelling at the top of their lungs out in front of the hotels uh, just to be annoying. They've st uh, they have gone out into the middle of the streets out on Harbor Boulevard. We were there for that. Stop traffic. Uh, yeah, that's, so, so, all, that's all the same local. local yeah, level. so I so, still haven't heard anything that's as germane to this story. Because she's also a member, and, that, and the, when she went before the news media to say her piece on it, the local 11 representatives were with her, and they were throwing their whole spin on it. That Disney is not being diverse. Disney's not letting cast members be who they are. Disney's not nice people. Disney is bad people. They're just doing a publicity stunt, and that's all it is. You know, uh, okay, I, I would expect her union to be there at this stage, but if you look at some of the other details of the story, you're going to find maybe some other things at work. First of all, they gave her an option to work backstage. She chose not to, so that, they gave her, at, they gave her another option. At that point, it shouldn't be a legal question anymore. Well, here, here's here's what I think is starting to get into the things that I find more interesting. She's an immigrant from Morocco and has been in the United States for five years. She became a U.S. citizen in June. Okay, so... Oh, gets her citizenship she, now raises a stink? She hasn't pushed this before. The Constitution tells me I can be Muslim and I can wear the headscarf. That's what she's saying. Who is Disney to tell me I cannot? Well, they're they're actually not. They told her she could work backstage, but and they told her from what I heard on the radio, they would make her some kind of headscarf that would work with, with her the costume. costume that she says they have not provided yet. That I don't know, uh, but she was given an option to work somewhere else, and she 
declined to do that. So they tried to make accommodations. And I, you know, what Richard is saying very well could be true. But just because they were standing there at the time that um, she did her, uh, her news conference or whatever doesn't necessarily make me think they pushed her into it, but more likely are taking advantage of the situation. No, I, from, from my past personal experience, and I'm not going to go into details on what that is, but my past personal experience, I can tell you 100% my opinion is the union is behind this. Uh, they, they very well may be, but I look at the other point of her just becoming a citizen, and I'm finding that probably more at work here uh, than anything else. But then again, where, where we are with our uh, uh, relationships with Muslims in general, no one, I'm, I'm actually willing, or not, I'm actually surprised Disney took somewhat of a stand because everybody these days seems to want to wimp out, like with the mosque, for instance, in, in New York. No one can tell us whether or not special dispensation, a dispensation was given to the people wanting to do the mosque. Uh, and people are saying, well, you can't restrict the mosque because of the First Amendment. I'm like, uh, well, you can you can uh, do that. You can also limit where a church can be built, where a synagogue can be built. There are codes and uh, uh, zoning and all kinds of things that can keep certain types of uh, buildings out of certain types of areas. There's over 100 mosques and, in New York, so why is this one so important, you know? And just, and just to throw my two bits in, from the stories I've heard, they are within the zoning code to build it in the area that okay. they're wishing to build. And then it's just bad taste. Yeah, uh. it's, just a, it's just a case of bad taste on that one. So, And I hear that they might have something, uh, what's his name, uh, the governor has some uh, state land about another mile away that well, everybody they, might be happy with. They could have satisfied it easily by, by if, if they really didn't want the mosque there, it's... It's within a historic zone. They could have, you know, they, you know. But that's that's another show, another topic. But I, I don't know. You know, Richard's going to go 100 percent to unions behind it. I'm I'm a little more cynical and saying it's just her now that she's got her citizenship uh, taking advantage and pushing the uh, pushing this. Now, what would happen? This is funny because Bill Handel was talking about this the other day. What if an ascetic Jew wanted to work on stage? Uh, and I have no frame of reference for. I think I think some of that has happened in the past because I've seen cast members wearing their yarmulkes and everything backstage. Okay, uh, so, it's not the yarmulke. I, I, it's it's the I don't know the what they're called. The bright, the dreadlock looking things on the side, the big black hat. You know, uh, it'd be like an Amish guy, but with the the and other the strings, the strings on the pants. I can't remember what that. Oh, no, they have the cur- they have the curly sideburns. Yeah, it's not strings in the yeah. pants, Richard. I believe that is their prayer shawls peeking out from underneath. Haven't yeah. you seen well, Fiddler on the Roof? Come on. <laughs> not since high school. Okay, let's move off of this one because I think this is an obvious case of someone uh, pushing Disney's buttons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm trying Fine, to figure. Out, I'm trying to figure out how this happened. A 20-year-old man was hospitalized Wednesday night after falling 20 to 25 feet while waiting to get on the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror at Disneyland's California (laughs) Adventure Park. According to the Anaheim Anaheim Police Department officials, the man had been drinking and was walking to the top of the attraction around 10.30 p.m. when he climbed over a rail on the second platform and joked to his friends about someone falling over. The man lost his balance and fell, landing 20 to 25 feet below, officials said. Okay. 
where the hell was this guy that he could fall 25 feet? That's the same question I had when I read the story. I'll tell you exactly where he was. And 20 feet seems kind of high to me. Uh, When you go into the boiler room in the queue, at Disneyland, we have a downstairs and an upstairs queue. They were in the upstairs queue. Okay, Okay, but the distance from the upstairs to the bottom queue is 25 feet? No, 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 no. That's why I'm saying 20 feet sounds a little high to me. I'm thinking it's more like around about 12 to 15 feet. Yeah, I, w- I but, was going to say 15 to 18. But anyways, okay, so that's... In any case, so he he's, he's climbs over the railing, and he goes, he- what about if I slipped off? I, I think he was only halfway over the railing. He goes, what if I just slipped over this? And as he does, as he says that, he slips off and falls hey, over the edge. Here you go, Richard. If I were, if Let's say I was... I'm going to go with me being more accurate for the sake of this <laughs> argument. If, I, if it was 15 to 18, you add the three to four feet that rail, that guardrail is, and he's standing on top of that, that gives you your, your, your 20 to 25 feet because it's not necessarily floor to floor. But if he's standing on the rail, that's giving him another three to four what feet. What kind of high. dumbass is going to try to tightrope? I'll tell, tell you what. Well, no, he wasn't, he wasn't tightroping. He, well, that's he how you get the extra leg. four feet. But he, if you swing your well, leg that's, over, that's, it's still... That's how Greg's doing it. I'm telling you, he swung his leg over, and he's kind of sitting on the rail going, what if <laughs> I slipped off of this? It's still okay. Uh, okay, even if he's sitting on it, his ass is three to four more feet off that that 15 feet I think it is so there's 19 almost 20 feet right let's, there let's not nitpick how many feet it is that's where he fell off if anybody okay wants to so wait wait hang on a second I know right in and let us know I, what you've taken I gotta add some that. ridiculousness to this right okay okay so, you, you so, want to know so his feet <laughs> fell 15 feet and his head fell 21 feet there you go. Is that, is that what we're trying to say here? What <laughs> the hell? For me, Mike, I'll, I'll agree with the that. The dude, he was standing on the freaking second floor. That's not 25 feet. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to have to take my little laser pointer measure thing in next. That would be interesting to know. Okay, here you want to know what kind of dumbass would do this? I think this is what happens. I'm surprised it's the first incident we've heard since they've went into the drunken uh, wait for. Oh, uh, he's a Glowfest attendee? The, from the Glowfest. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it's right there. It makes a certain amount of sense, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, it's right there in the news article. APD said you could smell it off of him as they were approaching him. So, how is Disney at fault for any of this? Uh, The the, the guardrail's not tall enough? Serving him too much alcohol. Depends on how good of a lawyer you got. That's That's how Disney's at fault. Okay, I'll tell you what. It, it could get so dumb that on the second level, there's no way to fall because that, oh. that railing will now go to the ceiling. Yeah, so you can't get it's over. chain link fence or something. Yeah, that's yeah. that's yeah. horse out yeah, of the barn kind of mentality. That, that's why the floor going to fall down the stairs coming, you know, yeah. Yeah. That, too far back and take a couple of guests out with them. That's why the Florida guys laugh at us because they, they so far have not had to put in all the safety gates and all the crap that we have here uh, because we have dumbass Californians. Well, and locals, right? Suit. Yeah. yeah. And we got the uh, Ninth Circus Court that uh, that says you have to do that. So. Well, you know, believe it or not, the Ninth Circus Court has actually redeemed itself in my eyes for what, a couple the prop of eight thing. Uh, well, n- not that they've changed anything, but they realize that it's so important that maybe they shouldn't get in the middle of it and let it go to the next level. Yeah, and kind of holding the the judgment until uh, until it can be heard at a higher level. So, all right. So moving on. Um, I don't know if that's redeeming or if that's just chicken shit. So. <laughs> no, I, I actually it shows some smarts for once. I think. All right, now um, I'm trying to think. Richard, you said you covered every. You know, Richard and I went to to dinner, and I actually got him to go in inside a Japanese restaurant and actually order off the menu, which I was surprised. Um, was that the, your favorite place down there by Knitter? That place? 
Oh no no no! This was uh, Kabuki's. It's it's over okay. the uh, Bellaterra. Now there's no such thing as a Huntington Center anymore. Yeah, I forgot it's, to change the name. It's the Bellaterra. But regardless, we were chit-chatting about his Florida trip. You know, I, I I was careful not to ask him about his flight plans and driving. You know, BFP <laughs> to, to fly. But um, he says, yeah, we did everything this time. So I started to ask him, really, did you go on Everest? Well, no, we didn't do Everest. Did you go on Tower of Terror? No, we didn't do Tower of Terror. Well, so I've done we, Tower of Terror before, so it wasn't we, we, that one. we were starting to go down the list. Okay, did, did you see the Nemo show? No, no, we didn't do that. But anyway, <laughs> for the most part, he did do a lot. So I'm, I was just giving him a hard time on some of those things. But it sounded like he wanted to talk a little more about his I don't know, we kind of we kind of uh, ended it there a little bit, and you came in halfway through, and in the meantime... Wait, wait, uh, don't don't give away too much, because that's a show I just posted 10 minutes ago. Oh, okay. Oh. I have to say, he did surprise me, that he actually did something Karen wanted to do, and not another one of his road trips, which I think that's kind of telling, Richard. You might want to listen a little more. Maybe those aren't, you know, those aren't uh, warming her up anymore. <laughs> okay, thank you for that. Thank you for that mental image. Thank you, Doctor Phil. <laughs> that's not doc. That's Doctor Laura territory. Oh, you heard about her, right? She's she's decided to. No, no, it's it Doctor Phil. It's it's personal relation information being given to you by a guy that doesn't even have a doctorate's degree. Oh. at least Doctor Laura has a doctorate's degree. Yeah, well, both that. You're right. Doctor Phil does not. But the other doctor dude that um, Oprah set up, he's he's a real doctor, isn't he? Yeah, he's a medical doctor. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Um, yeah, no, Dr. Laura's decided to give it up, I guess. She said something. She used the N-word in some... Yeah, she she got in a shitstorm. <laughs> and said she's not on the, the station or the... Yeah, the station I listen to anymore, so I don't... Sometimes I'd catch her at lunch while I was driving around somewhere, but since she moved on and I don't really care, uh, so whatever. She's, she's mentioned she was going to be doing more of a podcast show, too. Yeah, she might. Why not mm. radio and do more podcasts? You know, I, I, where I go to school, uh, I'm the minority, and I've discussed sometimes with what would be, by definition in the country, a, min- a minority, why those certain things are okay for them and not for the rest of us. And it's, it's led to some interesting discussions, and I, you know, I, I tell them, I, I'm really, I'm, I'm curious. I'm not making any judgment here. I'm just trying to find out, you know, where you're coming from and how you see things. Um, and this other, this other girl the other day, she says, I don't like white guys. And she's Hispanic. I'm like, what's wrong with white guys? And John, oh, they done something about this. I said, you know, I'm probably as European as you are. She goes, no, uh, what do you mean? She said, I'm not European, and I'm. And she's very light. She's 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 hot. She's good looking. I said, really, um, Mexicans. She, I said, well, where are you from? She goes, I'm from Mexico, or I'm Mexican. She didn't say she was from Mexico. She just said I'm Mexican. I said, okay, and and yeah, Mexicans, from Southern California. Yeah, I, I said, <laughs> I said, well, you're a mixture of Spaniard and the local indigenous people. <laughs> yeah, the Mayans and the Aztecs, yeah. I can never remember which one was in uh, Mexico. The Aztecs, the Aztecs. So, the Mayans were there, but they were gone by the time the Europeans came in. So I said something to her, and she goes, oh, well, that's true, that's why I'm lighter. I'm like, duh. I said, and you're probably as Anglo or Caucasian as I am, too. You know, they, I found well, that... Technically, you know, Hispanic is Caucasian, right? That's true, because I hate those questions, you know, Caucasian, what was it, what's that question, white non-Hispanic? Yeah, or white with Hispanic origin, yeah. I I hate those. But anyway, you know, I was was trying to, you know, 
you know, give a little education. And, and, and I've just noticed it with a, that they just don't want to admit there's some European blood in them. I'm like, it's like, yes, this area always spoke Spanish. This area was always Catholic for millennia, you know forget that the Spaniards and the Catholic Church came in here and, you know, conquered the area and, and you know, beat down the people in the submission and uh, took their land, sort of like what we did going across the plains. At least the plains Indians stood up for themselves. You know, the, these coastal Indians kind of laid over, uh, as, as far as I know, but you don't hear any great battles of the uh, coastal Indians like you do for the plain Indians. Hey, from where the sun sets at now, I shall fight no more forever, so. So anyway, we just had the, you know, when she said, you know, if I would have said, I don't like Hispanic girls, you know, a shit storm I would have got. But, you know, she yells out, I don't like white guys. And we were, we were filming this little, little commercial thing. I, I just, it just kind of, I don't know why that came up, but it, it bothered me. The, the, the inequity of how uh, some groups can say things and get away with it and others can't. I All right, okay. Let's not turn my cast in political gestures, please. It's not. Uh, by the way, though, we're going to probably be doing a live political gestures. Uh, our buddy's going to be in town, and he wants to go to either the Reagan or Nixon Museum and do a show. So we might be having a... We haven't done a show in months, so we should have yeah, something new coming up. Okay. So much I haven't even been to Disneyland in probably three months. Three really months, really? I the other day. I, I don't think I've been there since school started, and that's... You know, that's been a while. Although I gotta admit, I uh, caught Greg off guard a little bit. He was showing me some video of the Silly Symphony Swings over at California Adventure. And I had to admit, I really haven't seen those yet. I haven't seen them since they've opened them up. And Greg's just looking at me and go, you haven't? I go, no, I haven't. I haven't gone over there. I'll be over there uh, tomorrow. I'm working the park, but um, that was one really of the, seen them. That was one of the last times I was in the park. In fact, the absolute last time I was in the park was maybe... A couple days, maybe after World of Color opened, because I went with a friend from the studio and we walked around the the little drunken fest, um, which got extended, by the way, the glow fest. Yes, I was actually very disappointed. My 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 friend told me how vibrant and alive it was. He'd been there the night before, and he he says you couldn't move. We went there. He says, Jesus, this is like half of what it was the day before, and it was a Saturday night. And it just wasn't very busy, and uh, quite honestly, all the day glow colors and the people dancing in weird costumes did nothing for me. Maybe I'm too old. I don't know, but I it didn't do anything for me. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're the wrong yes. you're the wrong demographic. Right? Yeah. You're not also, not a drinker. Yeah. Here, and I'm thinking this this to me would have been the equivalent of going to Knott's Berry Farm during the day from out of town during Halloween haunt and finding out that my favorite log ride had people with heads being cut in half and you know that's not what i came for oh but that's what happens when you go to knots <laughs> during, during the day Halloween Hall, yeah. October. uh so that's you know i if i wanted a decent uh picture of hollywood you couldn't get it the back hollywood back lot because even during the day all that crap sitting around uh yeah. so that's yeah, kind I, of the way i look at it i yeah, don't think they I, needed to do that to make some area vibrant you know they could have pulled stuff in at night they could roll rolled in from off stage or okay. be held in the but don't forget it wasn't to make the area vibrant it was to make uh your two-hour wait for world of color to start passable no no i understand something that. for you to so, do so they made the area vibrant for the night Drink, while you're sitting there waiting giving you booze so you can fall off tower of terror yeah i mean it's all 
Uh, that was our comment too. Just what we need is we need an excuse for people to go get drink drunk and then go to a show and then try to kick them out of the that, park. That uh, I'm surprised that they're really going whole hog with the booze thing. Yeah, um, that that, that yeah, surprised that, me. Glow, Glowfest, I haven't seen. And again, I you know I've gone into the park a couple times, but I've only gone into. I haven't gone past uh, the Sim- Silly Swing Symphony, and I haven't been there at night. Um, I would like to go see what Glowfest looks like, just so I have a frame of, fre- uh, frame of reference. Um, but in the meantime, of course, it will end Labor Day. So. Uh. Yeah, maybe but, maybe it's time to go see World of Color again. I've only seen it once. And same that's here. With, with you, Richard. Same, yeah, same here. Same here. Um, but... Have no fear. They already have the uh, next show plan, which is going to take the place of Glowfest for the uh, Hollywood Studio back lot, and that will be the uh, Tron, World of Tron, going into the back lot. Boy, they're they're hanging their hat on that. Well, considering the other crap they've released this summer, they need a big hit. I finally, I was going to say, I saw the latest uh, trailer for Tron. I just was looking around iTunes yesterday, or the Apple uh, trailer area. And it finally kind of puts together what's going on. You, you know, you, the first yeah. ones, you know, us as older people who've seen the original, we get excited just because it's Tron. And we're thinking, wow, this could be good, even though the first movie wasn't great. But, you know, it sucked us in for the time. Um, now we have an idea of what's happening. And I think now those people who might be fence sitters going, I don't get what's Tron. I don't get it. And now you got an idea of what's going on. I think people will be sucked in by it. And that's now. Uh, my wife saw Sorcerer's Apprentice. And she thought it was really good. It is done horribly. Yeah. You have a but I have enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. My kids enjoyed it a lot when we went to go see the movie. Well, but and I'm sure you did. And I've heard that from a few people. But no one is going. It it's almost as bad as the movie that was considered the bomb of the year. Uh, Prince of Persia. Uh, no, Jonah Hex is. Was is the absolute bomb of the summer? Yeah, have you, you not heard of? That? I saw. Yeah, I, I heard. heard I heard Jonah Hex. Yeah, it, there's it, only it, there's only one reason I wanted to see that. So. <laughs> and I don't know. You're laughing, Mike, like you know what it is. I I don't know who was who was it. Fox, Megan Fox, yeah, Megan oh, Fox, Megan, Megan Fox. Okay, very skimpy outfit as usual. So uh, yeah, I say when isn't she? Uh, I, I'll give you an idea how well Jonah Hex did. It cost. 47 million it has made and all the time it's been out it came out june 18th 10 million dollars oh, <laughs> that's funny. that's horrible yeah, here's here's our little comment jonah hex sucked big time so there you go yeah, yeah I, I heard nothing i i heard nothing good about that movie um like i said the only reason i wanted to go see it but i guess i'll just wait until it comes out on uh satellite sometime i'll just watch it there but no, I enjoyed Sorcerer's Apprentice a lot. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing... I'm, I'm now looking more and more for it. Now I'm starting to actually get excited a little bit about Tron. But I was looking at the... Uh, on YouTube, they had the trailers on YouTube as well. They also had some stuff from Comic-Con. Some of the interviews of the actors and the uh, director on Comic-Con. They had a uh, panel for Tron. It was just interesting hearing some of the people... They uh, One of the comments made by Jeff Bridges, because if you remember in the trailer... You got Jeff Bridges looking like old man, and then you got Jeff Bridges looking as good as he did in the original movie, young kid. And Jeff Bridges was making the comment that with today's digital technology and the way they can refinish the pictures, he said you used to have to have two actors, one playing the kid, one playing the older person. Now you can have the same person playing both because you can digitally enhance it one way or the other. 
which is really cool, especially when you consider how, what Tron is about. How? Yeah. How far away? How far away are we from needing any actors, really? From oh, from, uh, from the movie Looker. <laughs> is that the one with uh, Al Pacino? Yeah, that had the uh, the uh, d- uh, digital yeah. models and everything. Yeah. Well, no, I do um, know. But, I do know this that um, it, the type of technology Shaft is talking about is what keeps Cameron Diaz viable on screen because they <laughs> touch her up for every single frame because she has hor- a horrible complexion. Wow. Uh, you know, like I don't really think she's all that good of an State actor. Don't. No, but some people like her. Okay, Sorcerer's Apprentice has been out since July 14th. Cost $150 million to make. It's made domestically, which is really what the Disney studio worries about, $60 million. Ouch. Now, What's... overseas, it's made $91 million. So uh, collectively, it's made $151 so some people would automatically say, well, it's broke even. Well, it still hasn't covered its distribution costs and all that. Yeah. Unless that was in the budget. I do know on the budget that's come out for Pirates, the new Pirates, that's including everything, getting it in, getting it into the theater. So when you see that budget, you don't have to double it like you do for, uh, for most movies. Yeah. But there's been some really outstanding movies this summer that have had great ROI, and they haven't been Disney. Um, <laughs> like, unfortunately. Like what? Uh, uh, Dragon, uh, D- Despicable Me. Oh gosh, that movie was hilarious. I haven't seen it yet. I do want to see that though. We, regret- we almost went to see it yesterday. Oh my gosh, his commentary. We to catch the uh, flu talk. I, I haven't seen it yet, but oh. I'll, give, I'll give you an idea. Okay, it cost sixty-nine million dollars to make. Now com- compare that to Toy Story three, which cost two hundred million dollars to make. Okay, so that makes Toy Story two needs to be a four hundred million dollar movie to you know roughly break even. This only makes this movie have to make $130 million basically, to break even. It has made $230 million domestically. Now, I'm not sure if it's been released totally overseas yet because it's only made $65 million overseas. But, you know, it's it's doing okay. The other thing I know, I know you guys won't uh, care or like this, but the uh, uh, Eclipse also has done very, very well. It... Again, only cost about sixty-eight million dollars to make. What movie? Eclipse. Twi- Twi- Twilight, Twilight Zone Saga. Uh, oh, uh. Tw- not Twilight Zone, just the Twilight Saga. Yeah, yeah. Nice, Twilight nice, Saga thing. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Nice, nice the, slip there. The glittery Jim. vampire stuff. Yeah. Yes, but it made domestically two hundred ninety-seven million. Oh, it made big money. And the funny thing is, who? <sighs> and overseas, it made three hundred fifty-six million dollars. So it, you know, you talk about ROI, sixty-eight million-dollar movie. That's that's huge, huge numbers, right? You'd agree. Yeah, those are good numbers. Yeah, those are, those are great numbers. Any any uh, any studio would be proud to have that. Oh yeah. Now let's look at Toy Story three, and it though I've you know I've somewhat battled some people on Facebook about this. I'm not denying that it was a good movie or that it did very well. But if you look at its ROI, maybe not quite as good as it could have been. So it cost two hundred million dollars to make. So, by did they buy? Do you think what? they bought new equipment with that money? Because I, I don't know. But conventionally thinking, that means you need to make about four hundred million dollars to make it a, a viable movie. So it's now made four hundred million domestically, which is good because it was it was hovering right below four hundred million for a while, and that's really what the studio looks at is domestic. Overseas, it's made five hundred eighty. So it's almost could be a billion dollar movie. Uh, worldwide, pretty soon if it stays out, it only needs another twelve million dollars or so to make that one billion dollar mark. 
Speaking of billion dollar movies, you, you see Avatar is going to come back out? Yeah. Uh, yes. uh, why? Uh, some scenes that weren't in the first one so they can get more money out of you. Yeah, James, James Cameron's adding a few more things that they cut Dude, out of I, it. I have, I have the movie sitting on, uh, on top of my television. So, so why would you go again, right? I, well, I haven't seen it ever, but I'm, I'm trying to slice out three hours of time to watch this stinking thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of like, it reminds me of, in fact, I was just putting the movie in last night, or the night before last, I should say. The Abyss. The Abyss was fun when it was in the, the and it's a, another James Cameron film. Uh, it was fun when it was in theater. I, I enjoy it when I watch it on a DVD. But they also have the quote unquote director's cut <laughs> of The Abyss, which the, all the stuff that was added in on the director's cut is a bunch of tree hugging. People are evil. Uh, we're destroying the world. Type stuff that was added into it that I frankly don't care for. So most of the like, time, most of the time, I don't like the director's cuts. There's stuff that didn't need to be in. You know, that's that's uh, that's why the producers cut it in the first place because the director was getting too I, too whatever. Windy, long winded. Like yeah, the, I like but the I, director's cut of Close Encounters. Uh, there's a not, couple. Not the, uh, not the special edition. I like the director's cut. The one director's cut I saw, it might, it might have been a special edition, and I thought, wow. But you talk about making a long movie longer. <laughs> and it was the third of the um, Lord of the Rings. And I recently oh, watched the yeah. special edition, and I didn't realize I was watching. I was watching on Netflix. Uh, and I'm like, I don't remember seeing this before. And there was some great stuff that just for time ended up on the floor okay you mentioned shrek shrek costs 165 million to make expensive movie worldwide it's made 693 respectable and locally here or domestically it's made 237 so nothing again uh dreamworks has done well this year because they're the other movie the uh, uh dragon Dra dragon which i actually think story-wise may have <sighs> been the best story for an animated feature all year so far. I think the story-wise, it was awesome. I actually, I think I, even though I'm familiar with Toy Story and I like the Toy Story uh, genre, if you want to call it that, I think How to Train Your Dragon was a better movie. Now it costs 165 million to make. Worldwide, it's made 487 domestically, 217. Not too bad for kind of an unknown, uh, uh, what do you say, unknown story. Though I think it is based off of a uh, children's book. Well De definitely, you gotta say there wasn't much um, hype given prior to the movie. I mean, there was a little bit out there, but it wasn't. You, nobody really was into the movie until the movie was out hitting the theater. Well, I, I had seen the trailers a lot, and I couldn't. I was looking forward to seeing it, and it, it actually, I thought it was much better than I thought it would be. I, I, I enjoyed it uh, quite a quite a bit, and I I didn't think I would. Because uh, typically I prefer the Pixar's over the DreamWorks, though I have enjoyed many of the DreamWorks. Uh, I tend to go more the Pixar way, and so I was I was pleasantly surprised. Now, let's Mike mentioned Prince of Persia. Pleasant thing. Okay, two hundred million dollars to make. So again, here's another one you need to double to to really make some money. Domestically, it's only made ninety million dollars. Foreign. It's made 238, so it's a 300 million dollar movie worldwide. I don't think we'll see another one. Just a guess. I don't know. I, I heard some talk, some chatter. I, I think it was an article I read on IMDb that they're actually considering. Uh, you know, when you only make 90 million dollars, and they really, if they figure they can't get the American audience, 
but then sometimes things connect better overseas. Maybe this is one of those macho men movies that does well more in places like the Middle East and in areas that aren't as touchy feely as we are. You know, it was. I don't know. There's don't also know. there's also times where if you can make a sequel that works properly, it can actually drive your DVD sales of the first movie. It's possible. On. I know I got in a slight discussion with um, one of uh, DPN podcasters who is also a movie critic, and he was suspicious of Disney amping up the numbers for Prince of Persia by transferring money out of uh, uh, one fund, basically, into another fund, uh, thus being Pixar's uh, Toy Story to, to prop up Prince of Persia, and I'm, I was go- I'm like, there's no way they do this. So he found one article about um, it was when Di- it was a Disney, it was, well, it was Lion uh, uh, Lion King. Lion King had when it came out went through a weekend or two. If I rem- I may have the story slightly wrong, but the, the the point of it is correct. They did a double feature, so basically they counted that double feature all towards the Lion King. So. What they were saying is it was misrepresented. It really wasn't the top movie of the opening weekend because of the double feature. If you were to take part of that money away and put it to the movie it double featured with, then it didn't do that well. And you couldn't take into account how many people left after the first movie, didn't stay for the second movie. And I'm like, wait, wait, you're using this to say that Disney's propping up Prince of Persia? I mean, that's kind of a thin argument in my mind. And sometimes, if you read enough articles, you'll find that sometimes movies get a bump over a particular weekend because either people have seen all the big ones they wanted to, so now they go back and see other ones, or one sparks an interest in another, you know, whatever it is. Um, oh. it's, it's Sometimes you can't quantify what gives a movie a bump. And his initial, you know, again, I, I might be putting some words in his mouth. He just basically doesn't believe the studio's reporting. Now, well, then, I, well, wait, wait, wait. One more second to jump in. Just hold your fingers because I know you get something important to say, but I just want to finish. Well, from from everything I can find out, the, the, where I go to research this stuff is Box Office Mojo. This is not coming from the studios. This is box office reports, not studio, studio reports. Now, if it came from the studio, I might figure that they play with the numbers because he was insisting that uh, um, uh, MGM – always make sure that the numbers they report on opening weekend for a, a James Bond movie ends in 007 or that's in there somehow. I'm like, yeah, but that's publicity. That's not actual numbers. You know, because you know, some of this stuff is estimated anyways, but I don't know. I, I don't think Prince of Persia was being propped up by uh, John or uh, Lasseter's film, and I don't think Lasseter would feel too good about having his profits thrown over into another box so uh, they can save another movie. And at $90 million compared to the $200 million that it costs to make, I don't think he's given up his, his you know, chunk of the change. Okay, Richard, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, agree with you that, you know, you're reading Box Office Mojo. I usually, when I was getting the numbers, uh, the, I, when I was reading the numbers really close, I was getting them from Hollywood Reporter. And again, the same thing. It's, it's simple math. This is coming from the, uh, the actual theaters and the distribution on how many tickets are being sold, et cetera, et cetera, and so on. You can't do too much with it. You can't spend that too much on how you want to spend it. Where I. S- oh, great. Are we happy and healthy again? Recording's back. Yeah. Well, now I'm trying to. I'm trying to get back into the chat window. I want to go see vampires suck. 
Yeah, I was reading the comments. Well, the, the funny thing they were, yeah, they were commenting on that in the. Okay, so anyways, uh, what I was going to say is I agree with Greg on it, and that box office receipts they they come from the uh, independent third sources. It's not the studio, so there's very little you can play around with that. What I do question sometimes though is. You know, you hear the numbers on how much certain movies cost, and you hear what the theater, what the uh, uh, different studios say. Those I know they guard somewhat closely on. No, they don't really don't want anybody to, except their upper echelons to know exactly what they're spending on certain things. So sometimes I kind of question on what those numbers are, and then that question makes you have to question: Okay, what is their returns coming on it? So. Well, that's why I've asked my source, you know, uh, some things about, you know, is it true that you double the cost? Because I haven't found that out in the internet in a lot of places. In general, take the budget, double it. And he was confirming some of that, yet he said there are some that they have in the works right now where the budget that you'll see published includes the um, the cost for distribution. So you wouldn't necessarily have to double the, the, the typical See, that. You typically would. So I think it depends. And, you, yeah, I think they do give a lot of kind of round – numbers and sometimes you wonder how much they invested in, in uh, maybe some equipment, something that they'll get to use again, like Mike was saying with uh, Toy Story 3, how much of that might have been new computing equipment that they'll get a return off for their yeah, next yeah, movie. I, well, there's that and also you know, it's not like you have that much character development. The character's already there, you're just now uh, resetting them. I don't know if I would go oh, quite okay, that Okay, well hang on. Well, I, seriously, I seriously do question $200 that, that, million dollars on that movie. Yeah, exactly. Why Why did that cost $200 million in the last... Okay, why... Is that the same price as it, as it cost to make Toy Story 2 it, adjusted for inflation? Well, actually, actually, no. You see, because I got into this, um, I, I wanna, I'll say discussion. I don't want to call it an argument because I typically, or I mean not typically, I wanted to know where you know this person was. And this wasn't all Aaron. I, as somebody said on the stream, why didn't Greg mention it? And Joel says it's got to be Aaron. Well, I didn't want to just call Aaron out. If it was Al, I would have called Al out. But uh I didn't just want to jump all over Aaron because he wasn't the only one I was uh, talking with on Facebook when I'd make a couple comments like, oh, Toy Story isn't quite doing this or isn't doing that. Well, that's not 100% true. Part of it was a little button pushing to see all the Pixar fanboys come out to just 100% back things up because, you know, if we only went by what a movie makes, we'd have a lot different look at the Academy Awards. Just because a movie is profitable doesn't mean it's good, and just because a movie doesn't make any money doesn't make it doesn't make it bad. As we've seen by a lot of Academy Award winners, have been movies that, quite frankly, did sucked. very poorly <laughs> at the at the box office. No, I'm not going to say suck, but I'm just going to say some movies that have done very poorly at the box office um, have done very well uh, with the Academy. So, you know, take that however you want to take it. You could say suck, maybe not. Here's the, now I haven't put the Toy Story numbers in here because I uh, I wasn't we didn't really have many numbers. If it depends on how you want to sort. See, I look at things sort of on the ROI. What's your return on investment? What's your net profit? Right. So Nemo. Now I have like I say I haven't plugged in uh, Toy Story three numbers yet. So this was without Toy Toy Story. Nemo was still the top on net profit. It had about $678 million net profit. Okay. Up had 377 The Incredibles, 451 
Monsters Inc. 298. Everybody's favorite, Wall-E's, only made uh, about 321. So then you got to start looking at, I went and looked at all kinds of different things. How many theaters it was in? What was the average ticket price at the time? You know, Toy Story 3 is getting a huge bump by the 3D. Because I think I read 60% of all the tickets for Toy Story 3 are the 3D tickets, which get a bump of a few bucks uh, for the, the 3D experience. So, you know, when you're talking like, uh, let's say, Bugs Life, $4.69 for a ticket compared to Nemo, $6.03 or up $8, you know, those things start moving around. You know what I mean? Um, so depending on how you want to sort it by gross by net profit those those lists change quite a bit make sense yeah yeah right. it does make sense so let's see if let's see if i didn't have this sorted right oh okay here we go um now i've got it sorted right here, Wait, what, here. where are you at what'd you say oh right now i these are all numbers i put into a spreadsheet when i was having this discussion i went and got all these numbers off a of box office mojo box office okay okay so Right now, if you want to go net profit, here's the order of uh, Disney movies or Pixar movies by best to last. And Toy Story 3 is not included yet because I, I didn't put their numbers in yet. Finding Nemo, still number one. And I'm Mike, that's your favorite Pixar movie of all time. Yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> the Incredibles. I, I don't know what it is. It, uh, maybe there's, I don't know. I don't know. I know. You always mention how you're so tired of the Albert Brooks and, you know. The, but anyways, Nemo's number one for profit. Now, Toy Story 3 may be now, but I don't know because I haven't put all the numbers in. The Incredibles is number two. It has to be probably one of my favorites. I like the Incredibles. Up is number three. This one should surprise you because it's the movie I've been defending all my oh. life. Hang, oh. hang on a second. I'm sorry to interrupt, Greg. I'm taking a look. The, they're not hearing anything on the streaming. At least... Uh, uh, one comment in there that's not hearing anything on the stream. Uh, channel. Oh, there. Sorry, it's just somebody's equipment. Well, and there's a couple of people. Ryan said, uh, oh, it is for me, no audio. What should it be black? Huh. Damn, it's late. I have to get up for work. Who cares? What do you mean, damn is? Who said damn is? Oh, Cajun. Okay. Uh, freaky indoor water. Okay, so I'm going to go back to our discussion because it's going to be recorded anyways. All yeah, right. anyways. Okay, so the movie that I constantly defend as being a good movie, Cars, is actually the fourth highest grossing. Again, remember, Toy Story 3 isn't in there. Then Toy Story 2, then Toy Story, then Monsters, Inc., then Bugs Life. Wall-E is second to last, far as profits go, and Ratatouille is the... Uh, lowest on the profit list. Now, what you also might notice in some of those is then you got to go back and look at the budgets and sometimes the opening weekends. Bugs Life only had a 20, said 20, no, $291,000 opening weekend, if that's those numbers were right. Uh, Toy Story uh, had a, Toy Story 2 had a very low opening, but they had longevity. But everybody, you know, swears how good Wall-E is, and it's got a very low profit margin. Well, then you can go back and look at um, what I did is I put numbers in as budget and distribution. So I doubled all the numbers. You know, uh, Wall-E was a $360 million film based on that. Ratatouille was a $300 million film. Bugs Life was only a $90 million film. Monsters, Inc. was a $230 million. Toy Story, the original Toy, $60 million. Toy Story 2, $180 million. Uh, cars 140 million up 
350 million. And, and then uh, Incredibles 184 million and Nemo 188. And what Mike, what I think is costing a lot, if I'm understanding this whole process right, is the CG, the, the rendering time, the the amount of detail. Uh, it's it's a lot of it is just the CG time, I think. And okay, so they're mm -hmm. they're they're assigning a cost to hit and render and going home for the well, night. Well, well, they have to because all that stuff. Uh, let's say yeah, they probably have their own rendering farms, but they still that the cost is probably taken into account, just like studio rental time. Even if you own your own studio, like Disney does, they could be renting that studio to an outside source, Dragnet. Uh, I'm just thinking back and back a few years. That studio's worth money per hour, right? So you that goes into the budget because you could you know Pixar could easily be rendering someone else's film. I'm I'm just True. guessing. You know, I mean, it's like I am. You know, uh, Lucas just doesn't cost or count. He 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 counts in there the ILM time, right? Because if ILM could be working on someone else's project, so that that's all into the uh, the accounting of it. Like when uh, you, yeah. when you yeah, break down the cost of when we used to break down the cost of our jobs in architecture, a part you know there was a percentage that cost was accounted for overhead. You know, lights in the building, you know, payroll, all that. That's all uh, accounted for in budgets usually. Um, so I don't know. But you, you wonder why a movie like Up would cost as much as a movie like Star Trek. Yeah, no kidding, huh? Right? I mean, it, it's it's a reasonable thing to ask. Why are these uh, movies costing so much? But then I went back and I look at Despicable Me, $69 million. Shrek was $243 million. Now, here's a big thing between Despicable Me and the latest DreamWorks and the latest uh, Pixar cast how much do you think the cast cost for the two uh, DreamWorks movies compared to Despicable Me you got one what uh, uh, Steve Carell right was he the one big name in that no 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 Steve Carell Russell, Russell, Russell Brand um, now I gotta go to IMDB cause okay alright well okay fine but are they getting the same kind of money that um, uh, Tim Allen is as uh, you see, he had he had Jason Jason Siegel, uh, Steve Carell, Kristen Wiig, Russell Brand, Jermaine Clement, Julie Andrews. Okay, those are those 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 are the big names there. Uh, Toy Story, you've got huge names. I, I wouldn't even put Steve Carell in the same class as the names you're going to have in Toy Story. Would you? Mm -mm. Yeah, when you got you, Tom Hanks, Michael yes. Keaton, Tim Allen, Don Rickles, John Ratzenberger, maybe John Ratzenberger, Whoopi Goldberg, uh, Bonnie oh. Hahn, eh, you know, she, she's stayed steady with a, kind of a character actor. Ned Beatty. I mean, these, you know, these are some big names. Joan Cusack. I mean, these are some huge names that, I mean, I, I really think a lot of the cost was cast, but that, that film, you've got to admit, was beautifully rendered. There was a lot of depth and detail in that film. More so, you look at Despicable Me. It's got a much different style. Probably not as and as expensive of a style. Go to Shrek. You know, Shrek 3 has got, um, again, a much different style and a lot more depth, a lot more detail, and big names. So I think, I'm guessing, because I have no real idea, I can only go by what I see, that's where the cost is. 
I mean, look at that stupid dinosaur. You see every one of the plastic indentations on him, right? Yes. He's, he's highly detailed. Uh, Buzz, you can see, you know, I almost said skid marks. You can see the, <laughs> <laughs> you can see the wear and tear on him, right? It, 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 that basement leaves skid marks. <laughs> yeah, the, the giant baby. I mean, it. You you got kids. You you know what these things look like after a while. Um, you know, and then you've got the riggers, the guys that have to create the model that the characters are based on, where all their movement points are. Yeah, they've had characters before, but if, if the character evolves a little bit and can move a little more, that means new rigging, maybe adapting the rigging from the first one. So, you know, there's, there's a lot involved, I think. Um, and then he did what kind of uh, soundtracks did we have? Who did we have doing the soundtracks? You know, there, there's additional costs. Uh, who was direct? Who was directing these movies? I mean, there's a lot of how many. I, I'm guessing in Toy Story, though there's probably a deal with Mattel. Mattel's getting a cut. Mattel's making some money, right? Yeah. So yeah, you can see where you, where maybe some of that that cost is going. It's it's possible that Mattel saw cha-ching in this movie because if you look at the budget of the first one, like sixty million, the budget of Toy Story two over doubled. You know, it's possible that no one thought the first one would do much. Then they do the second one, and now you got Barbie. I mean, you think Barbie comes cheap or Ken? No. That bitch is probably expensive. You know, I don't know about Ken. You know, he's didn't uh, Disney buy Mattel or something? Uh, no, not that I know of. Well, even look at the 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 big bad bear, whatever. The purple bear, or whatever he was. Lotso, Lotso, right? Look how detailed he is. All that fur and stuff's got to move just right. A lot, a lot of detail. That, yeah, but they they perfected that with Monsters Inc. Ah, uh, I don't think so because I think you'll see the next Monsters Inc. even look better than the first one. I, 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 I don't think they ever perfect it because they're constantly re-perfecting it, making it to the next level. I think this Toy Story is so much more richer in its. Um, color and its detail than the previous two. It's still roughly the same toyish style, if you will, but it's a richer movie than the prior one. And I think you'll find the same thing with Monsters, Inc. And you might not notice it until you compare them side to side. Just just my opinion. Well, uh, you know, I'm just saying that that Oh, see, it shows us is off the air. Bastards. Oh, how could that happen? <sighs> So, Who's running this show? Jeez. Well, okay. So the little Ustream app shows me is on the air. All right. No, not over. We are still recording. I already put in there. Mike's working on it. No, it's not over. Crap. Shows us is off the air. What the? F- what the F? Yes, I, I understand your... Uh your frustration with this whole thing. Well, because a little Ustream map came right back. All right, well, I'll close it, and I'll go back and in. And start it up again. Yeah. There you go. I don't know. You, you wonder sometimes what makes... Now, I, I've got a little insight to TV and what makes a TV show get expensive. You hear about, well, you know, it's just not cost-effective anymore. Uh, because a lot of these actors want to become producers and directors. Now they get paid to, to be an actor. To get money, right? And director, right. I, now, I heard this from my instructor. I don't know if this is 100% true, but you know all the, um, what are they, the CSIs that are like syndicated in, you know, gazillion different variations? 
Is that is that the one that's? Uh, yeah, CSI. It, there's that. Well, there's yeah. Order. CSI, Vegas, New York, maybe, Miami. Maybe it's the law. You got Law and Order. Uh, maybe it's the Law and Order. security. Maybe it's the Law and Order one. I I the. Anyways, what my instructor was saying is you'll notice on that particular franchise, and I don't remember, it's one of those two, that none of the actors are producers or directors. He said, that's like the kiss of death. Do you want to be a director and you say that? You'll be written out of the show. Thought, hmm, <laughs> really? They want their actors to be actors and concentrate on that, and they're paid accordingly. But, you know, again, if, if Jeff Goldblum decides he wants to direct and produce, that just made that series a whole hell of a lot more expensive because he gets paid three ways. Sure. You know, I've been catching up on the old Star Trek Next Generations, watching it in, in an order, and I, you know, I keep seeing Jonathan Frakes pop up as director. Cha-ching! You know, not only gets to act, cha-ching, he gets direct, cha-ching. You know, and that's what makes things more and more expensive and uh, in television. And I would think the same, you know, with movies. So when you're a producer in a movie, you're the guy responsible for the money, keeping things on time, uh, you know, and all that. So, you know. However you want to look at that, uh, I, I would say that's probably why the budget of $200 million for Toy Story is, is, one, all those voices, the rendering time, the detail level. Because you got to admit, detail-wise, I would give Toy Story the top most rich-looking animation of the year. Story-wise, I would go with the, the dragon one, How to Train Your Dragon. And somewhere in the middle... Falls Shrek. I enjoyed it. It was a little slow getting going. It did some repeating things for effect that I thought got ad nauseum. I still haven't seen Shrek. Uh, but I think it was good and it was a nice way to finish it up. Uh, they are going to do a Puss in Boots, but supposedly Shrek is done. There will be no more Shrek. And I think the same with, can be said with Toy Story, too. You know, they, I think they wrapped it up really well. And, yeah. you know, yes, could they make another one? Sure. Do they need to? I think they've. I think they brought the series to a close. And I don't. What is it about trilogies that are so? It seems like now, if if you do one and one becomes a sequel, you've got to do the third for a trilogy. What is it about the trifecta, or the trilogy that is so important that we have? Is it like having a beginning of a story, a middle of a story, and an end? Is it that kind of a concept? Because you see a lot of things in threes, right? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's the human mind just wants the order that comes from that. Could be, could be. Now, we have a couple big movies left, you know, there because part of the argument I got into, or discussion, about Toy Story 3, you know, of course, a lot of the fanboys came out, this is the best movie ever, it's going to be the top movie of the year, regardless of uh, live action or video. I'm like, whoa, 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 we still have some big movies on the way. You might say Eclipse is out, Eclipse, Toy Story, and it's ROI. Its cost was, you know, relatively contained at $69 million. They've made... A gazillion, you know, made a lot of money. You could look at, um, we still have Harry Potter. It's expected to be very good. You have Tron, which, God, we're hoping Disney can have a live-action film that does well this season. Because, quite frankly, they haven't. They, they have, they've had, they've had crap. Well, you know, we're talking, we keep talking about return on investments money. That's why I, I'm one that always likes looking at tickets sold too because yeah you have big re and honestly you know return of investments when you're in the studio end of it that's what really counts is you're in the job to make money but I like looking at how many people are seeing a particular film too oh no yeah I pasted a um, 
I, I, I paste uh, on Facebook a while ago, I pasted the all-time list by ticket sales. And that's an interesting list because that'll put uh, movies like Snow White in the top 10 or top 20. I forgot. They, you know, right. that, that changes. But you'll see a movie like Avatar, well, not quite as many people saw it as you might think because of ticket prices. Or repeat, a lot of repeat business. Yeah, I think uh, oh. Gone with the Wind is still um, right. number one by ticket sales. Uh, but some of that list is changing. I've seen it you know, over 10 years. I've seen that list starting to change a little bit. But still, I I think you're right, Richard. And the other thing you have to look at, though, is you might have to look at percentage of the market or share, right? Because you've got some of these opening up to, let's say, we'll just use round numbers, 1,000. Let's say that today you can get into 1,000. Oh, yeah, 1,200 screens versus 200 screens. Yeah, Yeah, when Gone with the Wind opened, they might have been on 150 screens for 50 cents each or something like that. Now you get them on 1,200 screens at 12 bucks a pop. Uh, you know, it, when we're talking about uh, how much the box office is making, you kind of brush. I, I can't remember how much you brushed into it. Mike kind of brushed it. Uh, there was a comment that was made on the uh, list here. When you're dealing with something like Avatar was 3D, how, you got all those 3D glasses being sold. Part of that is also being counted into your box office return too. Yeah, I covered that earlier. I was saying that uh, Toy Story 3. I read that 60% of all of its tickets are uh, 3D. So you know that's huge, right? Yeah, but I mean, but I mean, that raises the cost per ticket. You're not just paying ten dollars a ticket; you're paying your extra fifteen what, bucks. bucks yeah. that's, well, that's what uh, I said. That's classroom. what I said. Sixty percent of all of Toy Story's three tickets are the three D ticket. That's an expensive ticket. It's far more expensive. Right. Right. So that that skews the four hundred million dollar number. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Now I just so, um, I just put in Toy Story's current numbers, uh, Toy Story three, and let's see. I'm gonna go. Let's see where that descending. Toy Story. Okay. Story. Toy Story three has crawled. Now this is worldwide uh, gross and stuff. What I've done is I went worldwide gross divided by budget and distribution. Toy Story three is now number two on the list. Uh, still, Nemo is the top net profit uh, person on the list. With gross profits, it's Toy Story. Uh, let's see if I go CS3. gross go, gross profits, I would have Toy Story three, Finding Nemo, Up, Incredibles, Wall-E, Monster Inc., Toy Story, Cars, Ratatouille, Bugs Life, and Toy and original Toy Story. Now here here's an entry one. We'll go U.S. gross. So if you go U.S., you got Toy Story, Nemo, Up. Incredibles, Monsters, Toy Story 2, Cars, Wally, Ratatouille, Toy Story, Bugs Life. First weekend, this is an interesting one. Toy Story 3, Incredibles, Finding Nemo, Up, Wally, Monsters, Inc., Cars, Ratatouille, Toy Story, Toy Story 2, Bugs Life. I still like the Net Profit one. That's that's my favorite one because that tells me how well you know you really did for the money you spent. And you might want to think, do we need to invest $400 million? Well, it, it's working out for Toy Story 3. But you look at something like Nemo, the why it did so well. It cost 188 uh, million to you know budget and distribution, and it made 866 million. Now Toy Story 3, yes, it's made 984 million, but it cost 400. Oh wait, whoops, whoops, yeah, 400 with uh, distribution. Uh, so no, what some other people have mentioned to me, which is obviously true, but that's not in the mix, is once you count in all the residual sales that Toy Story will make with toys. You know, all the tie-ins, 
that property will do extremely well. So even if the movie didn't quite, let's say it didn't make its budget distribution back, it will make incredible sales later in DVD. Uh, you know, what did it do for Mattel in increasing Barbie and Ken sales? Uh, you know, all the, you know, will people want to buy a new Buzz and, and, and all those guys? Possibly. You know, so it, I think it will do well there. What I like, what I really like about the net profit, it shows that Wally did horribly, and Ratatouille also did. They're they're down below Bugs Life, which I think most people consider probably the worst of the uh, Pixar movies. <laughs> Why is I, that? Why is that? I don't know. I, I kind of enjoyed it. I kind of enjoyed it. I actually like Dance too, uh, to be quite honest. The uh, the DreamWorks film. With Sylvester yeah. Stallone and Annette Benning and yeah, I kind of enjoyed that one. Uh, but what it also voice? shows is Cars did incredibly well in the net profit area. You know, I liked, Wally. I liked Cars. I you know I, I, st- I still I'm think the forward to two. I still think the quote unquote cinematography was freaking awesome. Oh, so do I. Cars, <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean. You know what's funny? I've been watching uh, uh, the Legend of Ricky Bobby, Talladega oh, <laughs> Nights, which is I personally think a perfect compliment to the movie Cars. I don't know why, but you can, I can watch both of these back-to-back. You mean not Days of Thunder? Not a compliment to Days of Thunder? Ah, Days of Thunder. No, no, no. That, that's the one with um, Nicole Kidman and uh, uh, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Yeah, nah, that, that whole thing at the end when they got in their little rice burners and, you know, that just, I, no, no, that just didn't do it for me. But interesting. So, you know, hopefully Disney, Disney, not Pixar, even though Disney is Pixar, you know what I mean. If Disney Studios needs to make a uh, a film that brings in the profits, like I say, I saw Prince of Persia. I wasn't disappointed with it. It was, was it what it was, what it is, or is what it was, whatever. <laughs> I haven't seen Sorcerer's Apprentice. I wanted to. The wife saw it, enjoyed it a lot, immensely. Um, yeah, I think it goes back to our original comment, you know, an hour and a half ago that they're hanging their hat on Tron. I, well, no, I think I think the nostalgia factor is. Well, I hope they're yeah, not. Nos- hang- no, yeah, don't hang your hat on nostalgia. It needs to be a good movie. Well, I was going to say I hope they're not putting everything into. I mean, they're they're doing a lot of stuff with Tron. Uh, some of the stuff I've seen that's going to go into the Hollywood Picture Backlog looks really cool. It should be fun. Um, but the thing is, I was talking to somebody at work last week. The one thing you got to remember, Tron comes out in December, and you got the first half of the final Harry Potter chapter coming up at the same time. That is going to be the big moneymaker for uh, December is going to be Harry Potter. Tron, I think it'll be do very well, but I think yeah, Harry Potter's Potter might shut. What about? I, I, I think where Tron will do well, well, if Tron does well, I think a lot of it will be because people like us will see it because we saw Tron as a kid. And word of mouth will start to make it uh, do better because it, I don't want to say it doesn't really have the built-in audience that the um, Harry Potter has. And then also the other thing you got to remember about Tron and Potter is the way they dev- they uh, divvy up their their years and profits. You you don't always see you know when they report profits you'll see money from different years and sometimes that makes a big difference to the studios how the, how the money is reported so I, I don't know why some of them like these December openings uh, because of the way they report their money but I guess some might give a boost to bad ones but let me go back to Sorcerer's Apprentice for a minute I heard an interest, interesting observation by a studio person of why they think it did so poorly what were the first ads you saw for Sorcerer's Apprentice just kind of describe them to me uh, 
the kid dealing with something. Right. Okay, Rich, Richard, what, what do you remember about the first Sorcerer's Apprentice ads you saw? The first ones I remember seeing was uh, car chases, a lot of uh, a lot of flashbang, and it really didn't tell too much of what was happening. Okay, that's interesting that you guys both went that way. You guys didn't see the ads that tied in the Mickey Sorcerer Apprentice animation that trans... I did, I did see that. That was at the end of the trailer where it showed yeah, the kid trying I to did. deal with the brooms and buckets, yes. Okay. Didn't yeah. that all, not almost tell you that that is a kid's movie? That it's they're, they're comparing it to a cartoon that is really for the artist elites? I mean, Fantasia is not one that you say you're bringing your girlfriend over to for a night on the couch. Let's turn Fantasia. On. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's an artsy movie. No, let's, you know, we, we don't need to lie about it. Nobody wants to sit and watch Fantasia in one sitting. You know, I'd rather watch the uh, director's cut of Dances with Wolves in one sitting than Fantasia. And that's a long. Yeah, I got movie. that movie. It I know long you ass, do. But it's fun. Uh, hey, we're getting we're getting some corrections that, that Harry Potter's November and Tron is December. Right, but oh, yeah, okay. it comes out just before Thanksgiving, but well, it's Thanksgiving. the Christmas yeah. season. Do you know what else oh. we're forgetting though? Is, Here's another one. Is Tangled. Yeah, I'm the, not hearing the Rapunzel. good things from studio people about Tangled. Though my daughter and I saw the artwork when we were up there for the uh, Toy Story Day. You walk through the main animation building. And they've, it, the artwork looks great, but the funny thing was, I'm like, is, I'm asking the studio dude, is this what it's going to look like? Because it looked like hand-drawn animation. He says, no, it's going to be CGI. It's not going to look like this. I'm thinking, damn, this looks good right here, but I, I'm hearing the story is not that great. So, well, well let's hope for the best. But I do did, remember, I was going to say, I do remember uh, last year, if you remember last summer, I was talking to you. We had a number of the WDI and a couple of the animation guys coming over. They were coming over and doing drawings around uh, Fantasyland at Disneyland because that was the style of architecture they wanted to use the movie. And it does show, from the limited amount of architecture I've seen, which is basically just that house on the column, it does look somewhat similar the way it's... Yeah, I'm just not hearing good things about the story. And if Disney can't pull their ass or their head out of their ass in animation... You know, they're just getting a worse and worse name that they can't make a movie and it, and it takes Pixar to save their animation uh, uh, legacy because, you know, did, I have argued over and over with people that Princess and the Frog did not do that well that for the studio. You know, there was a lot of story issues. You know, even the show at Disneyland kind of puttered out. Uh, you know, the animation, yeah, the animation looked great, but there was a quite, there was a little distinction where one guy who, will not use the new uh, direct-to-computer hand-drawing thing. They, he actually did it by hand. They had to be scanned. There is so there is some in, there, there are some continuity issues there also, but it just did not catch on. I, I, I got in a discussion with the guy. says it did just as well as uh, Ariel, A Little Mermaid, and I went and looked at the numbers. Okay, it, it, again, you got to put it into uh, perspective of the time The Mermaid came out what was considered a big movie at the time. That's one thing I did get into it with Aaron a little bit is what's considered a blockbuster. You know, if you go to the internet, Wikipedia, wherever, blockbusters are considered like $100 million. That's not too hard to make these days. You know, maybe blockbusters need to go up a little bit because $100 million is not that tough to make with a decent movie these days. I'm looking at the list of upcoming Disney films. There's one called Jungle Cruise. Can you believe that? Does it, does it have Skipper Dan in it? No, but it's thought, based, it's based on the canceled. ride. 
thought that one was canceled. Uh, looks like it's picked back so up. So what do we know that's been canceled? 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea has been uh, shelved, I believe, for now. Um, There's a National Treasure 3 on the list. Really? I love National Treasure series so far. And, and they did leave a wide open for a third one, so I hope they yeah, have a good... Yeah, and it'll probably have nothing to do with what they talked about on page probably. or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. We'll never find out. They'll make some reference to, man... Sure, glad we found that out, and we'll still never know. That's that was pr- that was pretty amazing. What's our next adventure? Exactly. What the uh, what the what's your feeling on pirates? More well, pirates. I I enjoy pirates. I gotta say, after having watched all three, and I've seen them again recently. There was a marathon on TV the other day. Not that I don't have the DVDs, but I don't know. Sometimes about when you have to deal with commercials, you gotta sit there and be engaged. You know, you just can't turn it off. Um, or pause it, I should say, because obviously you can turn it off. Uh, it's somewhat engaging again. It could be okay as long as they don't get too silly. I thought the second one had a lot of silly stuff. Then it had some cool stuff again at the end. But its middle, I think, lagged a little bit. The last yeah. one, you know, again, it, it there was some good and there was just some silly, too. I think still the first one is the best. It's just, I think, the uniqueness of it yeah, made it the, the best, but... What you refer to as silly, I kind of look at it. Got a little cartoonish. That's, uh, a, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. That's a good way it, to put it. It wasn't really taking itself. It the first one took itself pretty seriously, and it tried to stay within the context of uh, legend and you know making it scary. The second and the third one kind of got a little cartoonish at times. With uh, I mean, they tried to take it, but it just I don't know. Yeah, you know, kind of like uh, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. I think. They had all the right elements, but they made it at some times, I think, a little cartoonish. That might be a good way to put it. Though I, I enjoyed that movie. It's not up there with the other ones. <laughs> as, I, as I had one, uh, my uh, my film aesthetics teacher back in college would say, the characters were two-dimensional. And it's like, no no shit, Sherlock. But, yeah, it was, it was you know what? almost stereotypical with the stereotypical commie. All characters on which... celluloid are two-dimensional. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. But, but yeah, it was kind of good. Nuke the fridge. I like that. But, you know, I, I heard a lot of people complain about the kind of the, uh, how we'd say, the alien tie-in. I'm like, but you got to look at it. It's the 1950s. What yeah. did you expect? Well, yeah, was what was so going on? Yeah. Quintessential well, yeah, that was, the 1950s. If you, if you get the extras and you're watching the interview with George Lucas, that's exactly what he said. It was the 1950s. Oh, right. I, haven't, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, you haven't? He said the big things with the 1950 movies were the invaders from space and the aliens. So he was trying to figure, he was trying to get a tie into the 1950s well, and the what, 1950 Flying yeah. Saucer movie. When everybody kept saying that was unbelievable or that he survived in the refrigerator, I'm like, okay, like in the second one when a guy pulls out a beating heart, yeah, like that's that's yeah. unbelievable, that- you know. Or, or or any of them for I mean even in the first movie with, with oh I sure mean, yeah yeah opening the, the the crate and it all goes to hell except for them because they close their eyes yeah I, and exactly he escapes that he escapes that big huge boulder right at the beginning I mean it was oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was all adventure movie type stuff like yeah, yeah 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 it, totally true Richard good good observation on that so uh, have we really gone all over the place and had nothing to say this show or what? yeah well yeah you know. <laughs> I, I do want to make one little comment. I, I told Greg about this during dinner, and I want to try to kind of set this record straight on this because about a year ago, or a little less than a year ago, when we were talking about uh, Walt Disney World, 
we were talking about the Wilderness Lodge. And I made the comment about, you know, <laughs> the one, yeah, laugh, laugh, but keep the mouth shut, Greg. Let me finish the story. I, I'm not saying anything. Okay. And I made the comment that, you know, it just it didn't make me feel like I was in California all that much because, well, there just weren't any trees. I just didn't see trees. They go, well, what the frick are you calling that outside the windows? And I go, yeah, it's just not the pine trees. Well, there's pine trees there. So this last trip, when we were going, we, we did go wander through the Wilderness Lodge and, uh, you know, when, when, I'm trying to think, what was it that I'm going, yeah, there is a lot of pine trees around here. It is a forest. It, it is, it's big, it's spread out. And I'm trying to figure out what was it that just wasn't going straight. And finally it dawned on me. There's no hills. It is as flat as can be. And every time I'm, I'm just so used to California that you can't walk five feet without a hill being around you. Um, so I stand corrected. Yes, there's a lot of forest. There's a lot of pine trees. The hills are what I'm missing in the picture. So yeah, I, I can go. I set the record straight. I can go a lot further than five feet. No hill around here. But I, I get your gist. In general, you can see mountains and hills from almost anywhere where you are and oh no you go a quarter mile down the road here and you got that land sink where that fault goes through here so you said well we won't get into it Uh, but (laughs) uh, your your original uh you know premise was much shorter than that it's like you know you can you can't go anywhere without swinging a cat and hit a vicar what was that uh three men and a baby or three men and a lady yeah uh, but uh, you know, I, here, here's another thought, um, a little tangent. I was, hit, you know, you know, lost is over. A lot of us are very sad. It's a, you know, no. It's almost almost like family. I love the the show, and I've heard some some rumors about a Disney WD. I'd be a little hesitant to have ever done a you know lost attraction for some reason don't find it viable or they don't like the ABC brand. When you think about it, have you really seen anything hit the parks in a big way that kind of have the ABC brand on them? Uh, I mean, besides anything Zorro? Zorro was NBC. Zorro at the the studio? Zorro. I'm trying to think of some TV shows that are in the park right now. Zorro was produced by the Walt Disney Studios. Yeah, but what, what network did it broadcast on? I don't care. That's not my point. My point is, you know, it, it, to come come up to the modern age. Is there? I mean, is is there been anything in the last twenty years, other than maybe the new American Idol or that stupid game show with Regis? Um, I mean, has there really been anything done on any significant level that would tie into an ABC property? Okay, well, Idol is Fox, right? But uh, the, the Millionaire that. T- Come on. <laughs> eh, it was they, an okay attraction. Yeah, but they... I, I don't know. I didn't think it was that, all that great. I, see, I, I went in there once. Yeah, well, I, that's my point. Okay. But other than that, I mean, that's, that's a game show. And that fit for where they put it in, right? Because it was kind of a game show thing. It's at the studio. Yeah, I know they brought it to our little backlot studio. But, but you kind of get my point, right? They haven't done anything on, let's say, a Ghost Whisperer, which is an ABC product, though it was on CBS. You haven't seen any Desperate Housewives. Uh, you, you really haven't any, no, seen any. Universal's milking the Desperate Housewives thing. I know, and it's a Disney product. That's what I, what cracks me up. Um, so, you know, Lost hasn't been really embraced, though I understand some people would like to do some stuff. And I, I, I don't know why, but it popped into my mind. You know, dinosaur isn't that great of an attraction. It was kind of based around the dinosaur 
animation film that didn't do all that well, right? I think even the name has changed, I think, from the beginning when it first opened. But couldn't you... Go ahead, Mike. What were you saying? The name changed for Dinosaur Attraction? Yeah. Yeah, Countdown to Extinction, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if... That was always part of the name of the... No. Dinosaur Countdown to Extinction. No, I just thought it was CTX. I just thought. Uh, anyway, go on, go on, Greg. Yeah, I think it's just dinosaur now. What if you had? What if the dinosaur thing became uh, the Dharma Initiative? You know, and what if that whole Hector Vector Land or whatever that little thing? What's the the two little dinosaur dudes that are out in the play area? Chester and Hester, you Chester mean? Chester and Hester. You know, what if you know that area could kind of become the area where the the others lived for the Dharma Initiative? How does that fit in with Animal Kingdom's theme? I was going to say the same <laughs> thing. How, you know, how does dinosaurs fit when they have Because they're Because they're going to have, you know, dinosaurs are animals, dinosaur and dinosaurs yeah, dinosaur did dig. walk the yeah. earth, yeah. right? Yeah, but you know, what's funny about that, that whole, well, that was the dragon thing they never did. I think, I, I don't the know The mystery why. animals, dragon. yeah. The, well, because that's why the... Dragons and dinosaurs together. But anyways, um, just give me a second. Well, okay, what did Lost have? Lost had polar bears. They had um, a few other things. But, hey, when is Disney actually kept to the themes? I mean, they put animation in, in Tomorrowland. Um, okay, oh, come on. <laughs> but just go with me. Okay, I'm with you. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm on. Well, you know, I'm so on. Let's say it's the Dharma Initiative, and it's science, right? So that could be Animal Kingdom. Um, what if all the cars were like Hurley's... Um, uh, Dharma van? The, the VW van, right? And then you go on, you know, the... Uh, the whole Dharma Initiative thing, you end up in the time travel, you have polar bears, you have whatever other pieces of crap was happening in the law. I mean, you know, if you were looking for a venue to do Lost in, it seems like you could make some kind of adventure out of, uh, you know, uh, a quasi-okay attraction that it is now. I, I don't find Dinosaur to be anywhere, as nearly as compelling as Indiana Jones attraction. And, you know, it's an okay, and I love dinosaurs, but I don't think the attraction came off all that well. It's that typical something went wrong. Let's do this, you know. But oh, it's it's still a heck of a lot better than Primeval World. Primeval World. Well, you, how can you even compare the two? One's well, like I, a roller, roller coaster, coaster, wild mouse. One, thing. one, one is a is a cheap ass roller coaster that was uh, that was put over there. That I would like to see something different. Than that. But you you know if you read the the his, the made up history yeah, for why it's there, it. it it kind of works if you want to buy into that. And, you know, there's a place for those type of attractions. I mean, they, it can be fun. It's a quick thrill. But, you know, it's, it's, it's like it's like comparing Gone with the Wind to Toy Story. Two different type of genres. You can't really compare the two, you know, they're, uh, in my book at least. But uh, they seem and to stay busy enough. I, when I went on Primeval World, I've had to wait, you know, so it, it seems to be well, attracting somebody. I enjoyed it, but... Oh, hey, by the way, did, did your kids go play around in the dinosaur dig? Uh, no, didn't have a chance to do it because by the time we got in that, they were already starting to close the area. We barely were able to get on to uh, Countdown to Extinction. Yeah, dinosaur. Dinosaur, yeah. Dino- well, that, it, was still, it still had both names on it when I walked through there. Oh, it, it doesn't. It had Dinosaur, Space, Countdown to Extinction. Because uh, I don't think they kind of use that twist anymore. No. Dinosaur, par- uh, Paragraph, Change, Countdown to Extinction. I don't know. And, uh, you, I'll take you, a look at I'll take a look at it again because I got the maps at home and I got the picture. We bought the picture off the attraction, so yes, I shelled out my money for it. And yes, we do have a DF hat here that will be passed out tonight. There's no you're on vacation. I don't see anything wrong with buying a. a no, no, I'm, I'm taking a look at the comment here about Animal Kingdom. 
What about animals? You, you know what? Supposed to have three themes: living animals, extinct animals, and mythical animals. Which I agree with. That's what Animal Kingdom was supposed to be. So, uh, let's see. Dinosaur simply called dinosaur. I'm looking at the Walt Disney World uh, website right now, um, and it's just called dinosaur. Because I don't believe they're they're doing that whole. It's went from where you know countdown to extinction to you've got the. You know, the kind of everything goes wrong, the meteors come in, we want yeah, to go yeah. get this guy, you know. Do you have enough time? Oh. Time yeah, is running out. Yeah. You have all the time in the world. I'm in a time machine. Isn't that what Doc Brown once said? No, yeah, actually, no, Marty McFly said, said that. Marty McFly said that. That's right. And I will say, yes, I give Paradise Pier a whole lot of crap because I hate the uh, roller coaster over there, too, so. You know, you know, Disney hasn't always stuck with the themes that they started with, so... I'm not saying that's a perfect idea, but, you know, I, I just throw it out there uh, as something, as a possibility. And uh, see, know, I, so what, what else did I think was at Dinosaur was at, what, okay, what does uh, Everest, other than they threw a Yeti in there, have to do with uh, Animal Kingdom? By the, by the way, Richard didn't ride. Um, what? No, I told you I didn't get. I, I never got a chance to go back over to Animal Kingdom. We uh, only we uh, didn't go back there, and I do regret not riding it. But I look I look at it as it's something to look forward to on my next trip. So <laughs> that's a good way to spin it. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I I missed space the last time because I got there uh, a week after it got handed over to operations, and they weren't letting anybody in there, and. It, I, I left the day that they did a soft opening on it, so I still didn't get a chance to ride on it. Oh, but I got to ride on space this time. So. Okay, that, 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 you brought something up that reminded me. Not space, but Space Mountain. And we've got people here that I'm sure have been to Florida since the rehab on Space Mountain. Describe how and, you thought of Space Mountain and what you felt like when you came off. And I want to know if people who have also been there since the rehab have your same opinion. Uh, Mike and I did talk about this. It is in the previous show, but I'll mention it again because it'll be interesting to see what people mention on this. Um, my wife and I went on Space Mountain uh, looking very forward to riding this attraction again. We came off of it. Uh, it was jerky. It threw you around a lot. We did not like it. Uh, we actually, both of us had pretty nasty, it felt like whiplash. Both of us had nasty headaches. And we were just sore getting off the attraction afterwards. Um, it was just real nasty. And I made the comment to my wife, I, I don't know if it's just, and I said the same to Mike on our last show, I don't know if it's just the age or if there's something that happened with it. And Mike mentioned uh, to me at the time that a lot of people have said since they did their last rehab and changed, made a, uh, adjustments on the uh Rockets that a lot of people have been complaining about it. So I don't know what the what the reason is, but it was just nasty. I did not like it at all. Yeah, the tagline for dinosaur, by the way, is it's fast, it's a blast, it's in the past. There's no countdown to extinction on any of the signage here. Oh. Thanks, thanks to Google Maps and the list, uh, visitor submitted photos. Ah. I could see signage inside Animal Kingdom. Well, yeah, I just went to their their um, the official site. So, anyways, but uh, so okay. So uh, we're looking for people to um, uh, chime in who may have ridden space 
since the rehab, and it, th to me, it doesn't sound like they've really done anything to the track. It's the same old bounce or you know, rough ride that it's always been. The the one comment that I think Mike mentioned, uh, I did not realize this. Well, I noticed it, but it didn't register. Is they did change the seating on how the uh, rockets? You don't you used to sit where you would have a passenger. Almost sitting, you know, in your yeah, lap and well, everything okay. on the bench. It's Matterhorn, yeah, Matterhorn style seating. Well, stop, stop Matterhorn right there. It, it was built by the same people that built the Matterhorn. It basically used very similar technology. Yes, you had the same basic cars. Now right. they've got the you. You sit three the people, individual car. seats, and they're right. And Mike made the comment that that was one. Of, that was probably the only really big change in the last rehab on there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. that that was already there before this big last rehab. Well, okay. Let me rephrase that. The change since 2003 when I last rode on it. Okay. Okay. Because we're trying to make a distinction from that, you know, they were just closed for, what, a year? And everybody <laughs> assumed that it would be like Disneyland's that got a total new track? Yeah. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if that, you know, I don't know what the story is on, on the whole thing. I don't know if because it has the individual seats in there if it's changed your center of gravity because the seats are different no, no that wouldn't well, think, gravity. think about think about what you just said if the guy in the back is still sitting where he would have always been how did that change anything for him the guy in the front well, would still be where he'd always be it's, it's the people in between that no no because you're taking out that bench seat and you're putting in three individual seats in there so what you should do is if you put your individual seats in there and you raise it up an inch or two Compared to where the bench seating was, that, that, that part didn't really change. You're digging. You're digging I'm, a I'm just. I'm just. I did say I don't know what the cause mm -hmm. is. I am saying it was crap. It was friggin' crap. I think on it's the ride, and I didn't, I'm not planning to ride it again. I'm thinking it's just as rough as it's always been, or it's. Let's put it this way: it's as rough as it's been progressively getting over the years. I, I don't think it's um, got progressively worse i don't think it's got any better i and i haven't ridden it since it, it reopened but i you know like i said is it's been what seven years 2003 since i last rode it i don't remember i remember it wasn't as what do you want to say smooth as as nice as our space mountain was comparatively yeah. speaking it was more it was a rough like you said designed by the same people that built the matterhorn which is meant to be a little bit of a rougher coaster but i don't remember it being that rough yeah, that, I, I, don't, I don't i don't think the matterhorn that. is the Matterhorn is not meant to be rough. It's, it's a matter of like it's meant to feel like you're on the quote unquote the icy slopes. It's it's a product of the era when it was built. I don't think it's intentionally meant to, you know, rattle your uh, brain inside your skull. Oh, it, it's not going <laughs> to rattle your brain in your skull if it's only going eight to you know eight to twelve miles per hour and you're doing that. But if you're going fifteen to twenty miles an hour and you're doing that, okay, then you're going to get a little brain rattle. Yeah, so, it, yeah. It's just you know, it's it will look more technology. It's, it's, it's just rougher than a, than I remember it being yeah. ever in the past. So yeah, and I, I, I don't know. Yeah, and I don't know if it's. Well, I gotta say, when I first went back in uh, 2005, I hadn't been there in almost 20 years. I'm like, God, was it always this rough? And this, you know, it's the way my mind thought. And then I just got used to it. And it's just, it's like riding the Matterhorn. It's it's you that know, kind of. Uh, it, I, it doesn't have the precision of like our Matterhorn or the the. In our Space Mountain. Uh, I mean, that's what I meant. No, I didn't mean Manor. I meant Space Mountain or the uh, Big Thunders. 
it doesn't have that kind of uh, quality that you I, know stuff that was designed with computers versus by hand and blah 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 blah. You know, I, I I can accept that it you know it's going to be rougher than our Space Mountain. It's going to be a little. It's going to well, obviously it's going to be different than our Space Mountain. But what it was so significant from it this time to in the past is in the past. Okay, it was different, but I was still willing to ride it again. I still enjoyed it. This time, I'm not. I'm not going to ride it again. It was, it was just not enjoyable. I felt, you know, maybe you're I, just getting old. Uh, it could be. Never, never, <laughs> never. You know, I I, I want to throw in something that Greg has always kept mentioning, and it was. I, it's an observation I made when I was over there, and I have to. I, I really hate myself, and Mike, you're going to have to get punch me. Why? Because I'm saying this. Um, I have to agree with Greg. Uh, <laughs> On, on a key point here on Tomorrowland. Uh, I went into Tomorrowland over at Magic Kingdom and I went into the uh, Monsters, Inc. laughing floor. Uh, I went into Stitch, uh, did Buzz Lightyear, and, you know, Tomorrowland, the original idea concept back when Tomorrowland was created for Disneyland and initially when it was created for Walt Disney World, it was supposed to be the future. It was supposed to be this uh, look at what the what what we're working on and the what ifs of you know the world tomorrow you know 20 30 years hence and I go in there and it's nothing but cartoon 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 car- everything is a cartoon in there it's fantasy land and you know Greg has made his comments about Buzz Lightyear over at Disneyland and you know I've kind of tried to defend it I, I can't defend it anymore it's it, it really is becoming too cartoony and if we really did uh, put a laughing floor over there at uh, the Magic Eye Theater it's just going to enhance that it's becoming more cartoons the submarines it's a cartoon now uh, the Utopia cars okay granted Chevron is the sponsor but it's a cartoon so I'm going. I'm going to have to give uh, Greg credit on this one. That yeah, it, it's no really no longer really Tomorrowland. It it is just a, uh, a an extension of Fantasyland nowadays. Well, there is a fine line between fantasy and tomorrow, but that's you know the point was more fantasy that we might believe could be coming versus let's just throw it to a cartoon. Yeah, it, it's 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 just another cartoon land. It's it's uh, it's not uh, it's. It's not uh, the world of tomorrow. It's not the rocket to the moon or Mars. It's not um, adventures through inner space or uh, the, you know the submarines going through liquid space and the exploration of the uh, last frontiers on the planet Earth. It, it, it's none of that anymore. It's uh, it, it. I hate to say it. It's, it, may, it gives me kind of a defeatist attitude of we've done it all. There's nothing more to do here. Let's throw a cartoon at it though. What was that? What? That sound. What sound? Her dinging. Oh, I think that was me because I was typing, but I wasn't in the window, and, and the Mac was telling me, stop, oh. you're not in the window. So, anyways. Uh, you, know, uh, I, you know, see, that's why I say, you know, if, if you're saying you can't put a lost attraction in uh, Animal Kingdom because it's about animals, if you can put cartoons in Tomorrowland. You know, okay. You know, I just I I don't want to put the lost attraction in Animal Kingdom, but I want to get rid of the cartoons too. So. 
Yeah, I mean, I know what you mean. I just, it just popped in my mind thinking Dinosaur is not that great. And this might be fun to be riding with Hurley in the stupid in the little VW van, and uh, uh, it could be some fun. Uh, but, yeah, it's not really animals. But. I, I, I think your earlier idea of having Lost on Tom Sawyer's Island would probably fit better. Yeah, but yeah, where's the attraction there? It's just wandering around, sort of like the pirate thing now, which does nothing for me. And you're lost. <laughs> there you go. All righty. Interesting. Well, you see, people don't seem to be paying attention yeah, to us. They're yeah, talking about yeah. jellyfishes and yeah. flying dildos, yeah. so, you know. Well, well, I'll, I'll mention talk about the Zephyr. Yeah, yeah I, so, I know what they're talking about. I'll, I'll mention a couple things just for the sake of the show. Yeah, the Malaboomer is going bye-bye. They're getting rid of it in another week or two. I like the Malaboomer. Nobody will it go was, on it with me. It, it was enjoyable. Hey, tell you what, let's let's go over there sometime this week, and we'll write it one last time for, for uh, posterity. Uh, do they plan on putting anything in? No, it's going to be just a park with tables and chairs out there. Mm. At least that's the current uh, plan. I haven't heard of any long-term oh, plan. That should be interesting as people, you know, those those type who like to spit off attractions and throw things, they'll just give you something to, to do as you're going around on a California Screaming. Right, California Screaming. Um, what was it? We're getting the beer and pretzel cart that's going to be built right over there by uh, uh, the uh, swings, by the uh, Silly Symphony swings. So you can have Philip on beer and pretzels just before you spin around in circles. Uh, nice. I, I don't. I don't think. I, I didn't. When I rode the Silly Symphony on the soft opening, the ratio of, I'm gonna let's say tweens to adults, it, it was highly tween and kids. And, and I don't think you're gonna see a lot of people boozing it up and then riding that. I just no. I, I'm, I'm being facetious. With no, that. no. That's, it would be kind of funny though. But uh, <laughs> you know, that's that's like my comment about you know we have Glow Fest, so people can wait around to uh, go see World of Color just so they can get drunk and then go see something that looks really wild and they're high and then we have to try kicking them out of the park. So, or they can go over to, to uh, Tower of Terror and say, "Look what I can do." So, yeah, yeah, that I still that still cracks me up. Pizza, uh, Uma, Pizza Umama is closing. Is that correct? Uh, I believe they are. I'd have to double check on that. That's what that's what Ryan is saying here. He's yeah, saying I'm, lo- I'm looking at what it says there, and you know, I don't know. Pizza Umama still makes money. I don't know. If, I know it's closed right next door. Uh, uh, burger Invasion is obviously closed, and they're doing something with that. I can't remember. Well, I, I thought I thought the McDonald's sponsorship was gone, but they were still selling overpriced burgers there. No, no. It, I, it, I it, think it closed for. Yeah, I something thought. I thought Pizza Umama was going to. I think I think it might be closing just temporarily. I don't know. Again, I don't. I'm not sure what the uh, Village House is closing for uh, three months. For uh, yeah. Okay. Are they going with my idea to turn it into a... Uh, no, my understanding yeah. is they're strictly rehabbing the kitchen. That's all. Uh, too bad. Um, they're gonna. They're trying to make it a little... They're re, they got this whole new thing, uh, rehabbing the kitchen like they did over at Tomorrowland Terrace. Oh, yeah, and now Terrace has reopened? Terrace has been reopened for a while now, since the 4th of July. Or actually, actually I, I haven't been in the park for three months, so I haven't oh. seen anything. Really? I find that hard to believe since May? When, when 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 did uh, World of Color soft open, Richard? When did June? June. June eleventh. Uh, late June. 
Okay, was it June 11th? I thought it was more late. Yeah, yeah, it was like June 11th. Okay, so maybe by June 13th, that was the last time I've been in the park. Okay. All right, so that's uh, two months. For, for those that want Why to know are you about cast members, okay, yeah. what, for those what? that want to know about uh, cast member crap, uh, the West Side Grill, which is the new restaurant that's replacing the West Side Diner that replaced the deck. That re- anyway, it's going down the list. The West Side Grill, it's the new two-story building right along the tram route in back of Splash Mountain and the uh, Haunted Mansion area. That opens up this week. So, That's a new employee cafeteria? It's the new employee cafeteria back in there. Um, and then somebody, uh, Ryan, also mentioned about electro- Electronica. Uh, that's what they're calling the, that's tentatively, because things do change, tentatively what they're calling uh, the uh, Neutron stuff that's going to be going on over at the uh, Hollywood Pictures back lot. A lot of it will look very similar to Glowfest. Some of it's going to be kind of neat. I understand we are going to be putting Flynn's Arcade. I think it's uh, supposed to be Hollywood and Dine. Yes, yeah, so I, 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 oh. I, I saw someone else say something about uh, Flynn's yeah. thing at DCA. That was on the chat and, stream here. Okay, yeah, Hollywood, wait, Hollywood and Dine, Hollywood and Dine, remind me which one. That's that the is. unused dining area out in the corner of Just on Backlot. the north side of the uh, Hyperion Theater. Oh, yeah, yeah, the one I kept saying should be a uh, like a sci-fi dining type place. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be turned in, I think that's the place that they're talking about using as Flynn's Arcade. Um, and to, just, to just be an arcade? It'll become an arcade again, and... To my wife's delight, they will be bringing back some of the Tron machines, too, for the arcade. She, I, see, I was going to say, where's, this, where's the Tron speed tunnel when we need it, right? Exactly. Really, who was it? Uh, uh, someone was saying, well, we could, we could just redo the people mover and bring it back for Tron because you got the super speed tunnel. I go, where do you put the super speed tunnel? Where it was before. Um, we got interventions in the way now. Yeah, oh, we can go around that. Wait, it's not a they, no they filled in that tunnel? Interventions is the top floor of... Yeah. Expanded into people mover track? Yeah, because you got half. You had offices, and then you had the tunnel, and then you had the maintenance area where the model used to be. Yeah, uh, where, so. where the super speed tunnel used to be is essentially right where you go through uh, the Honda display and the uh, medical display. What used to be the General Motors stuff uh, goes right through that. It was almost. It was almost right down the middle. Yeah, almost. Huh. Yeah, something something about bringing a. Uh, I hope this idea for Tron's uh, arcade is temporary. Arcades just aren't what they used to be. They don't draw a large amount of kids like they used to because, well, quite look frankly, at, kids have better games at home than you look, can find in the arcade. Look at Tomorrowland. It used to be two floors. That's that's exact. And, and the one floor that is there rarely is a quarter full that I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the. It's just not you know, kids. A kid. Most of the kids are carrying their own games with them. Yeah. You know, it's like our nostalgia for the old video games that seems to be uh, more important. Yeah. Um, for those that enjoyed boozing it up, I'm looking at uh, the question here about uh, the Millionaire Studio Stage 17. Um, I understand that's going to be a uh, some sort of a light bar or something like that. I'm not quite sure. That's what I was hearing. A light bar. <laughs> yeah, but it's going to be a bar for those that enjoyed the booze part of uh, Glowfest. So, okay, but they'll but they will have some photo locations. They'll have uh, light cycles out there that you can take your pictures. They'll be all lit up at night. 
They'll, they'll of course have their little dancing stages out there and their go-go dancers all in Tron costumes and all all under black light so it'll look really cool and neat. It, you know, it sounds neat and cool. I'm looking forward and I'm hopeful, fingers firmly crossed, that this will work out, but we'll see. Yeah, who, who knows? I mean, sometimes things look great on paper and as long as they can admit if it's not and not kill us forever trying to live through it. Um, <coughs> You know, it's it's like uh, you know we had those sixty-hour parties for uh, Captain Neo and then for Star Tours, and after the second one with the uh, fights that were breaking out and the near riots that went on about forty-eight hours into it, uh, the word was passed: we will never do one of these sixty-hour parties again. So, which well, is started, which, which is it started out with the twenty-five-hour party for the twenty-fifth anniversary. That was the first one of those type of parties they did. It it that was it, a fun party. That was great. It went all right. Which is amazing that they have the institutional memory to remember that they'd never do one again. You know, while they while they can't seem to hang on to other institutional memory of, of theme park operation. Yeah. yeah. So they'll well, hang on to know. that, but they won't hang on to, oh, everything's open when rope drops, well, you know? What the hell? I, I, I say that because that was the word that was given, what, 15 years ago, 20 years ago when that all took place. Uh I tell people that story today, and they're going, you did that? It's like, yeah, we pulled yeah, that yeah. stuff off. They have well, no clue. What- most of those people probably don't even work for the park anymore. Uh, I, I do want to give a shout-out to Carl. Carl will know what I'm talking about. Uh, it is set up, it is working, and it's pretty cool. And uh, my good friend Carl will know what that means. And I showed Shaft tonight. He came over, so he has seen it in operation. That's cool. And, and it's pretty bitching. I remember oh, what yeah, you're talking that, about. That, that, that was cool. All right, boys. Uh, yeah, I think we beat the dead I, horse I, enough. I think it's time to roll. Yeah, especially uh, since we only got 13 followers tonight, and they weren't all that exciting in the chat room, you know. Oh. Yeah, well, they got bored with us after we yeah. uh, dropped out. So. Dropped out. Yeah, they talked to each other. That's good. Yeah, keep themselves entertained. All right, then. So uh, I guess we're done. We're going to say goodnight. Is that it? I guess so. All right, I guess then, we can sure. Say, then, why then, not? Then good night. We, we 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 can go on for another twenty five or no, sixty hours here, no, right? No, we can't. Yeah, we we should do that. We should do a marathon mice cash show. Let's see how long we can keep it going. Twenty years ago, maybe not now. Ah, uh, you. Baby. <laughs> I'm done with that. Uh, all right, boys. Uh, okay. Just check them out for the night from the old lady, and then uh, go for it. That's not that. <laughs> I don't. I sit here and think of the prospect of staying up at oh, 24 hours straight. I'm like, no. I did <laughs> I that don't. the other night. I did yeah, I know. I know. I know. You got a, like an hour and a half nap for you to run those things out there. But yeah, but before I did it, I, I did. I probably did 27 hours uh, yeah. straight before no. I took a quick power nap. Yeah. No more. For, and, no. and then, you know what I did? Stayed up regular hours until the, you know, so I got one in what, 48 hours, I got an hour and a half of sleep. Yeah, no. Okay, another tangent for another time. Okay, I'll talk to you again. Good night. Good night. Yeah, see you.